0: What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years' worth of lectures just to binge watch your full shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Text at rest and then just join us while we start on our
1: Bachelor
0: Bachelors bachelor. Bachelor. and welcomes three the Bachelors <laughs> of Hearts's podcasts. The Bachelors Australia podcast that asks the questions. Can we please just talk about roller coasters this week? That would be so much nicer.
2: Honestly, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. I think that let's start with your favorite roller coaster of all time. I know we've talked about this a little bit on the pod, but there are new listeners. What's your fav?
0: The thing is, and we'll introduce each other in a second.
2: Yeah. I'm very scared of roller coasters. You're not.
0: I am. I like them. I like the idea of them, Mm. but to go on one... You know, I would be uh, a Jed MacIntosh-style, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, victim. You know, I see, I see. Um, but I would have to say my favorite roller coaster is the one that started it all, back in 1817, roughly. Here we go. In France, the yep. first commercial roller coaster was developed. Although I think in Sweden they were doing some like ice sled things beforehand. Uh, but yeah, I gotta give it up for
2: whoever that was doing whatever that was. Mine is the roller coaster that the woman married in Florida.
0: Oh, I remember hearing about that. It's
2: my favorite one. You know what?
0: Actually, I wanna change my answer. My favorite roller coaster was the ABC TV Kids program hosted by what's his name, who is yeah. now like a scientist or something. Yeah, what's his deal? Not sure. Whatever. Though. Hello, my name's Xavier Obecki-Noonan. I love The Bachelor. I am afraid, but in a kind of tantalizing way about roller coasters. I hate the coronavirus. And joining me as always, of course, is my co-host, Max Quinn.
2: Ahoy, how's it going? It's pretty good. Max, are you brave? I'm... The bravest boy. Yeah. Do yeah. you
0: have you been on roller coasters? I actually have it?
2: been on roller coasters. I don't like them because mm. I don't like feeling my stomach upside down. Right. But I did go on the Silver Bullet once at Knott's Berry Farm, which Ooh. is one of those ones that like flips you upside down as you go on the roller coaster. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like there's um a horizontal aspect to it as well as a vertical flip. Max is doing some really good gestures here that you're gonna just have to imagine. Yeah. You yeah. just. I want you to imagine me just gesticulating. Inversions. Wildly. Yeah. Triads. The whole bit.
0: Yeah. Broken chords. Mm. Did you leave the? right with any broken cords? I left with no
2: broken cords. Everything was fine. I really tremendously cherished my memory of the Silver Bullet. Before we begin our episode today, I would like to
0: begin by acknowledging that today we are recording on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation and pay our respects to the traditional owners and custodians of this land on which we record. And as always, a shout out to any uh, Indigenous listeners who might be joining us. Hey. What's going on? Thanks for being here. Max, I'm glad you're brave. Hey. Because this episode took some uh,
2: strength to get through. All right, look, so there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. We're here to recap episode three of The Bachelors, season 10.
0: Yes, and this episode, uh, I think we will be discussing the full-blown so-dramatization of our beloved program. Isn't it interesting? Uh, An episode which I personally found kind of excruciating.
2: A bit laborious,
0: Mm. I think. Um, But with that said, it has opened up some topics that I'm very much looking forward to talking about. Mm. Uh, The big two issues being non-monogamous relationships. Uh, and the unauthorized outing of sex workers.
2: Yeah. Much to look forward to. Plenty to go into. Do you know what's funny? I was watching this episode with the full intent of being the person who recapped it for this episode. Oh, right. And I watched it, and I thought, this is a Xavi one.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you sent me a text message, um, like, the night, I think, after the episode yeah. ended. Yeah. Um, I hadn't watched it yet. And I was like, did you have fun? And you were like, I c- you could say that in a way. Mm. It was certainly very eventful. And you said it was a Xavi episode. And that's curious to me. And I thought, you know, when I when I did watch it that n- later that night, I thought, is it just the roller coaster thing? Or, or <laughs> what exactly is, uh, is, is it that you reckon
2: makes it so me? This one's a you episode because of the way that you, in particular take these topics and like to masticate on them really chew through what's going on. Whereas I'm a silly little man. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're capable of (laughs) absolutely capable of of this, but uh, in the world of the bachelor, you are uniquely predicated to be able to do this. (laughs) Whereas over here, look what I'm going to do for the rest of this episode Gags.
0: Yeah, I was uh, I was worried because I have written a lot of notes for this episode in preparation of discussing these topics, which I think deserve you know uh, some some thought out sort of treatment. Mm. Uh, and then I look back on what I had written
2: and I thought, oh, this is miserable. <laughs> so what you're going to get is a lot of misery from Xavier and just mm. abject gags from me for the rest of the episode. Right,
0: because we are reflecting on the function of the villain archetype, mm-hmm. uh, the way that the social dynamic of the do you know about the Intimate Strangers reality TV format? Does that make sense to no, you? No, that doesn't It mean basically anything. just refers to any of these reality shows, including like Survivor Big Brother, The Bachelor, where we have people who don't know each other being forced to live in a confined oh, space get you. together. Yeah. Um, and the way that that exacerbates interpersonal mm-hmm. conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we're also going to be talking about the many excellent rides and attractions at the Dream World theme park. <laughs> Um, but yes, apologizing in advance if the details get a little full on in this episode. Um, I think they matter even though most of them suck.
2: Yeah, I think that that's really important and we're here to try to do our best in breaking this down for you. I don't know that there's too much more to say before we get in.
0: I also just want to very briefly tease something very, very funny that is going to come up at the very end of this episode. Okay. So I... Uh, I always do my Instagram research, I look into what's going on on there, Mm -hmm. and I found out something very, very funny that happened in the world of Instagram this week that we won't get to for a while, but please, until then, lower the bar until it clicks into place, (laughs) you know, uh, make sure nothing's going to fly
2: out of your pockets, dear listener. And uh, yeah, strap in for one heck of a thrill ride Before we begin the recap of the episode Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of The Bachelor
0: Okay, well this is fantastic Because last week you did an amazing job
2: with this And mm. nobody had
0: any problems with it, least of all myself Because mm-hmm. um, I had written about a couple And then, wait, what, what? I can't even remember what we did But there were a couple of stories in there That were really valuable information I'm super glad you brought to us Great, yeah. So I would like to hear anything you have to I'm add really to that pile today ready. Especially within the lens of you just doing
2: jokes today I'm so <laughs> ready to go Go deep on this to begin with. Colin Sterrett, remember him?
0: Uh huh. As yeah, of, of twenty minutes
2: ago, was eating at the Meat and Wine Co. So that's a restaurant um, that has spared no expense in creating spectacular steakhouse restaurants worldwide. Great. Uh, with fifty-five thousand followers on Instagram, do we know what he was eating? Uh, it looks like he's having a nice bruschetta. Oh, yum! Um, with some cheese on the top and a sprinkle of basil. <laughs> Okay, great. So, look, that's going really good for okay, Top for story this week. Is top story is... Carlin ate dinner. He did eat dinner uh-huh. tonight, in fact. Great. Okay, Um, what about... Oh, remember this guy, David.
0: Of course, I remember Darby Garielli, yes. Yeah,
2: he hard-launched a new relationship this week. That's
0: right. Yeah, this is kind of a big deal, actually.
2: Yeah, so he was in a relationship with Brooke Blurton, as you may recall, listener. Yes. Um, but then now, there's some other reality TV person that he's in a relationship with.
0: She, if I am not wrong, mm. and I
2: hate to be the one bringing the news to this it's segment. very hard to say. But
0: she's from that show, Your Mum, My Dad, or Your Dad, My Mum. My Dad, Your Mum? Called. Yeah. What t- how, t- how many ways could I get it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was on that show. and She I was think- one of the mums. Yeah, right. Is that, yeah, yo, you That's a lie. D- yeah, shaking your head. No, okay. Uh, fantastic.
2: Yeah, going really, <laughs> so really How do we good feel about David? Not too sure, maybe. Yeah, no, look, David could do without the. Um, what do I remember about him? Jordan Peterson books in his bookshelf. Oh, yeah. we posted about that. And that the was potentially no good. kind of unhappy breakup. Who knows? Yeah, who can. A bit too much for us to get into.
0: But I will say, this is a couple of very hot people.
2: couple of hotties. Yeah. Two hotties getting together. Now, as it turns out, Jimmy and Holly are on holidays. Okay. Um, At the Tamworth Country Music Festival.
0: Do you have any real stories? And
2: they're in Cowboy Cos... No, yeah, I do. Let's talk about what's happened um, in the ratings. We haven't talked about this so far. Oh, yes, okay, this is excellent. I did think that this would be a good time to just bring the listener up to speed on everything that has been going on in the world of metropolitan five-city ratings for The Bachelor.
0: Right, so last time we had spoken, we had seen these preview episodes, but they had not been aired yet, and now we have the data of the overnight... Metro, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. the first the first night's ratings.
2: You and know? I want to talk in particular about how this is being framed. Sure. Because look, on the surface, these mm-hmm. numbers are not great.
0: No, I don't think so. Um, they're not overwhelmingly horribly bad. Um, they're not like uh, depths below what, what we saw for The Bachelorette last season, for That's example, right. on, yeah. on
2: the surface. Yeah. So the number is 309,000 Metro viewers on Monday night during the premiere, Mm -hmm. peaking at 478,000 viewers. That 309 gets boosted to 439 when you factor in the streaming ratings, which, look, is not a fantastic number, but there are certain things that we want to talk about when and want to think about when we're putting some weight into these numbers. Firstly, we've talked about this before on the podcast, video on demand on the rise, video uh, or rather uh, TV ratings for 16 to 39s in particular on the decline. So when we're factoring this in, we want to think about, well, how did Channel 10 do in the 16 to 39s and how did Channel 10 do with the streaming? And mm. the good news there is that Channel 10 won its time slot for 16 to 39s. Right. And 140,000 streaming viewers is not... A massive amount, but it does make up more than a third of the show's total.
0: I'm curious about these streaming figures, because as far as I know, the total doesn't get released until a week after.
2: So what I'm pulling from is a news.com.au article. uh, And I will say that in thinking about the way that this has been reported Mm. wholesale, when we're looking at people talking about The Bachelor rating poorly, we also want to consider where this source is coming from. For example, right? Hmm. News.com.au, a Murdoch-owned enterprise. He obviously has a bunch of stakes in competing television stations right, and media outlets generally, right? So yeah. Paramount is not a Murdoch property. So when you're thinking about where and what might be informing the biases in these reportings, yeah. we need to factor in things like Ownership. It is to the advantage of news.com.au to report that The Bachelor is not performing well in its time slot. Right. Totally. Yeah. Uh, And to bury, in fact, that the show did win its time slot and that the streaming on demand figures are pretty solid.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, even somewhat more anecdotally, without maybe relying specifically on the statistics... I think anybody who was like watching along and live tweeting or whatever would be able to tell like we could that there is a lot of action. There are a lot of very engaged people, yeah, as there often are with this show. But I mean, like it's very, you know, like it's it's uh, the last thing that we watched and talked about uh, on this show was the Real Love Australia, yeah, and that is a show that really did not get watched by a lot of people, and Great you could shame. really feel. I agree, total shame, but you could really feel uh, some tumbleweeds floating through. Um, the world (laughs) with regards to that show. Whereas this is the topic of conversation. This is something that is, uh, you know, causing buzz or whatever. And I think that will be reflected um, when we get some slightly bigger picture um, stats. Yeah, this is
2: true. And the show leaning into tropes that we know are so dramatic. Yeah. 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 Is probably good for being able to boost and sustain ratings long-term because as soon as people get a whiff, that there is drama here, that yeah. this format is different, right. then maybe all of a sudden you have a little bit more longevity. I think about the difference between, say, the first two seasons of Married at First Sight, mm. which were quite trite, mm. whereas now this is a show that's about explosive drama and the revelations of, of having a, a banquet, you yes. know, and everyone fucking fighting.
0: And it's a certified ratings And smash. it's a smash, yes.
2: right? And so uh, what Channel 10 are looking for, I would say, is this kind of similar smash and Mm. the way that they're looking to achieve it is by mirroring this kind of drama right so that's where I'm at with how the ratings have gone at least for the premiere as for the rest of them I haven't done my research okay well we'll keep talking about it I guess as the episodes
0: unfurl yes um the premiere was the lowest rated premiere of any Australian Batchy show in history which is like a headline that people ran with Mm. Um, they have been continually like every premiere has basically been the lowest rated every time you know they they just keep going down because TV viewing as we've talked about is just generally going down
2: TV viewing is going down and particularly it's going down in the time slot that Channel 10 targets the most broadly which is the 16 to 39s which is not to say that for example when something like I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here comes back on TV that it's not going to smell for channel 10 as it typically does mm. but i would argue that that's a show that aims older yeah right also
0: we're talking about a time of year difference uh, a episode time and date like or different Two. day like there are there are so many factors at play here yeah um and also there's the chance that the ratings really don't super matter quite so much as they would have in another time of the year you know we've talked about all this stuff yeah so. yeah um, but yes good to check in um we will talk more about ratings as they continue being important as the series goes on
2: fantastic
0: and i'm very aware of how much stuff we have to talk about for this episode so i think it is in our best interests to dive deep into our recap of the bachelor australia season 10 episode 3 which aired on wednesday the 11th of january after two and a half minutes of catch up and a sizzle reel building anticipation for tonight's episode, mm. we begin with some cacophonous score and we open in media res on a rose ceremony, which has evidently gotten out of hand. Now F- talk to me about media res. Oh, in media res, it basically just means we start while the action is happening. right? And then there is a chance to cut back and see like how we got there, you know? Um, and and so we have this title card that comes up and says "24 hours earlier." And I do—it's funny that we're we're talking about the phrase in media res because it is quite funny to me that, like, it feels to me like you should have to choose between beginning the broadcast with the usual like highlight reel that teases the main plot beats mm-hmm. that are coming up tonight on the episode, and then also starting in media res. Like, it doesn't make sense to have both to me. Really, we're biting
2: both, and it is funny. It, yeah. it is very much like though leaning into that. Like, oops. How did I get here?
0: Right. And it's, I think it is effective in setting the mood for the episode to come. Right. And the mood is jovial. <laughs> is
2: that what you yeah. would describe it
0: as? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, we cut back directly into an ITM with Tash. Um, and I'm like, I, it doesn't matter, but this 24 hours earlier, and then we're cutting to an ITM, which is like actually taped after the fact, like, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be saying that about a few things that I've observed great, about this episode. Great. Um, interesting. You know, yeah, Maybe I can save myself some time by just saying that actually none of this matters <laughs> at all. So let's, let's just keep that in mind as we proceed. Um, so Tash, we've talked about her already. We've highlighted her. She's got this professional level villain strategy. We felt a bit
2: uneasy about calling her a villain, but I think at this point um, there's basically no denying that's true. It's warranted and the show is going out of its way to present her as such.
0: Right. And, uh, and she will be a focal point for the rest of this episode. A producer asks her, ready to spill the tea? Mm. To which she replies, what tea? I have all the tea. Um, and the producer probes her about what rumours have been swirling around the mansion. And Tash says, I wouldn't say they're rumours because it came straight from the girl's mouth. Jessica is keeping a secret from Felix. I feel like she's had ample opportunity to tell him that she actually has a boyfriend in the outside world. And what are you here for? Like money? I don't know. Now, this raises all sorts of questions. There are, you know, we'll be talking about it all through this episode. I think we will get to this in a moment. And I just want to give the play by play of how this goes down. Mm. Because I think, as I said before, the details are a little bit important um although not that important as i also said <laughs> <laughs> no talk us through how did this happen right okay so we cut to the mansion where the batch thrillers arrive um presumably for a reason that they were just about to start explaining to us i don't yep. know you know um I, I, if the vibe is that they have come over to invite the women on dates then i kind of love that you yeah know? if we um we've talked about the death of the date card if we can circumvent that in a way that you know, makes things more personal, then that's great.
2: And by the death of the date card, what we mean is the classic literary technique. The date card is dead, long live the date card.
0: <laughs> that's right, yes. Um, if they just came over because there is some stage drama that is uh-huh. um, due to start happening, maybe slightly less cool. Um, but that's,
2: you know, that's what we're dealing think with. I probably seeing the three men mm-hmm. is what could be enough of a we're rolling the snowball you know yeah. what i mean we're putting this together and this might be enough to set it in motion right so we watch as tash takes
0: jed her bachelor aside to tell him what she has heard about jess in itm she says because that's his best friend which is not something that's that is so really funny. Been established at this point that's that so the bachelor's
2: our f- best friend already that jed and felix also are best friends and that thomas is somewhere off to the side
0: <laughs> well that is somewhat more believable mm. in some way tash Giggles as Jed ducks out to grab Felix so that she can let him know. And then we see Marjorie and Abby gently disapproving to her sharing this news. Abby says, I don't think that was your place to say that. I feel a bit uncomfortable. Mm. Felix comes over and Tash tells Felix, Jess, Jess has got a boyfriend. (laughs) You're only supposed to blow the bloody boyfriend off. (laughs) <laughs> um, doesn't matter. Not important. Jess has a boyfriend. Jess has a boyfriend. Felix says, "Who told you that?" And Tash says, "Through her mouth, she told me."
2: Felix thanks Through. her. <laughs> Such an important describing word.
0: Right. Yeah. Felix thanks her for telling him before adding, "Well, it's funny because she's the last person I would have thought." I don't remember if we mentioned this um, in our previous episodes or not, but Jess has until now been given this perfect angel edit.
2: Pristine. Yes.
0: Um, Felix described her as pure, among other things. Yeah, it's
2: weird. It the weird. The dancing that she put Felix through, though, I will flag she was like, it's important to see if they can move their hips. Yes. You know what I mean? So there's, there's undercurrents that I think the show's setting up for I us. I suppose
0: that's true. Yeah, mm. that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I think it was to create contrast with this revelation. Absolutely. You know? yes. um, and in ITM, Felix adds that he thought she was, quote, this sweet, innocent kind of girl. Um, and she doesn't seem like the sort of person that's hunting fame and so on and so on, like casting right. aspersions straight away. It's also worth mentioning that she has barely been on screen in any capacity. We so don't know far.
2: anything. The only way that she has been characterized for us is through Felix's mouth. Yes. Through his mouth.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So let's stop down for a second. Um, there's plenty more obviously, but let's, let's just quickly talk about where we're hearing this from Tasha's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, why do we reckon that is?
2: And how do we think Tash knew this? So, how Tash knew this, kind of not important to me. Okay. We heard it through her mouth, I suppose, right? Yes, yes. But that we're taking it from Tash's perspective Mm. is deliberate, I believe, because, firstly, this is how the drama unfolded. And so, this is giving us the fly on the wall. Mm -hmm. But we're also giving Jess the least possible power in this situation. Yes. And that is yes. designed to incite ire inside of us. Yeah. And I think it works. Yeah. It's definitely very effective. Um,
0: I'm left with questions about like why Jess would tell Tash. Yeah. Um, and why Jess would tell Tash before having a chance to discuss it with her bachelor. Like she might have, um, but also it did make me think, is it easier to believe that that's what happened or that producers... <laughs> Okay. Conspiracy corner. Okay. um, Who 100% would have known Jess's situation before casting her. um, Might have put the kettle on, you know, so that Tash could start brewing a hot cup of tea. I get you. you. Um, But anyway, uh, in ITM, Felix reacts really bluntly. He says, this isn't even a discussion. I'm not going to ask for an explanation. I'm going to ask, do you have a boyfriend? Yes or no? And if it's a yes, then you're on your way out. And frankly, you've wasted my time. Full on from Felix. Um, and at this point, it is understandable that he would be shocked. Yeah. Um, and, and particularly because the specifics of her relationship haven't come up yet. And so, you know, take uh, non-monogamy out of the equation. Yeah. Um, he is assuming that she just has a boyfriend and therefore is just doing some kind of stunt. Here. Right. Um which I won't rule out might be part of, you know, I mean who knows. Sure. But that's not the impression that I get. Right. But that's the impression that he gets. That's right. Yes. He's he's surprisingly ready to jump to conclusions and kind of the worst conclusion, you know. I
2: think that is because of the information that is being presented to him. Yeah. The way that we hear it from Tash is she has a boyfriend on the outside. Right. There's not much room to wiggle around that. Yeah. And that's also all the information that he has to go off. And if you're The Bachelor, Mm. I can put myself in his shoes and say, oh, she's got a boyfriend on the outside. Might be time to go.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We see Crystal, the woman from Essex who had the body paint date with Felix, uh, wondering aloud, why are the Jed girls chatting to our Felix? Mm. To which one of the other women replies, maybe they've just told Jed about Jess. And as Felix finally pulls Jess to allow her to weigh in, Crystal asks Tash whether the chat that they're having is about, quote, the Jess situation. So again, I'm starting to wonder, did Jess voluntarily tell multiple other women about her open relationship, so much so that it's referred to as her situation yeah. and later as Jess's news? I think yes. Yes. Okay. That's what I think. If you're ready to believe that, then I should go along with it. But it does feel a bit sus to me.
2: I'm gullible. Because
0: I know that producers are bad,
2: mean, evil. Oh, look, producer intervention as one. um, Speaking speaking as one. Sure. This is something that we do all the time. Mm. We intervene. We say, are you sure about this? Maybe this is how you could think about this. I don't know Mm. that it is to the level of being like, now here's some information for you. Mm. You know, I don't think it is to that unreal kind of reality TV level. With Mm. that said, I haven't produced a reality TV show.
0: Yeah. I mean, who knows? This is one of those things we will probably never get a very clear answer about. I just think
2: it's subtle massaging that you do. Mm. Well,
0: I'm just asking questions. Uh, (laughs) Crystal interrogates Tash on her decision to share this. Okay. Great. Fair enough. She calls it out. She asks, why is that your business? To which Tash's justification is that, quote, maybe Jess should have
2: told him earlier I just
0: feel like you're trying to
2: create drama right now. Deflecting. It's so so good yeah. on both Crystal's part as someone who is asking a question in a way that frames it, that that is almost inescapable for mm-hmm. Tash. Mm-hmm. And the way that Tash argues is to bat it straight back in her face She's and so accuse fucking her talented something. at that. She's right? really good at it. It is such a, a fascinating argument style to simply bat it away and say no your starting drama.
0: Yeah. It's Jess's fault for not saying it. Right. And uh, not my fault for saying it. Yeah. And it's your fault for making a big deal out of it. Bingo. Yeah. Um, We see an ITM from Tash where she says, I get approached by, I always forget her name because she's not important or relevant. Whatever her name is, Crystal, Christal. I was like, you weren't there. So you don't know what transpired. So you can just go away. And this is some fun, classic villain stuff. It is unfortunate That um, there are so few people of colour on this season of the show. um, It's unfortunate for a myriad of reasons. Yeah. But not least of which is the fact that the series villain getting into conflict with Crystal specifically casts the spectre of racist microaggression over the episode, you know? Pretending not to be able to pronounce the name of a black woman has a very different feel to it than I imagine she intends it with. Yeah. I don't think she is being racist, necessarily. No. But the optics of it are really bad. Yes. And I think like these sorts of interpretations or these sorts of uh, vibes, you know, broadly enough, can be avoided if you just cast more people from different backgrounds.
2: Certainly if you cast more people from different backgrounds, but also if you're Tash, if you think more broadly about the situation. Of course, Yeah. Um,
0: their argument ramps up a bit more before Tash storms off. And then we watch her vent to, I'm trying not to use too like, uh, judgmental language here. Sure. Um,
2: but she, it, uh, it's a storm off. It's, it, so storm off is fine. I think, mm. I think it's a, it's a fine way to describe it. And I also think that it is right in terms of the mood of the room, because it is in essence pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing mm. Making something bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, yeah, and then running the fuck away, right? That like is sort of releasing the pressure valve for a moment, just to then. Pick well, it back it's up almost again. Re- yeah. it's releasing the pressure valve, but it's also taking all the power away from Crystal,
0: right? She has no right of reply if right. she's left the room. That's true. Um... So then we watch Tash, uh, venting to five other women, including Jasmine, um, who I mentioned because she has some like voice of reason ITMs here where she says she can't comprehend what's going on with Tash. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about Jasmine later. I need to say. Yes. It's, uh, it's just interesting to see that, um, I I noticed this on a rewatch that she's getting sprinkled in quite liberally at the top of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. So while they are no longer standing next to each other, the conflict between Tash and Crystal continues, but now it's slightly further apart, and so they're shouting it across the distance. Really? It's another great technique to like, ramp this stuff up, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Tash then leaves the room altogether with Marjorie who is not someone we've talked about a huge amount yet. um, But she is quite funny here. She chews on a cherry ripe while standing next to Tash in the kitchen and sort of just nodding as Tash continues to go off, (laughs) um, saying, you know, all I'm doing is being honest. If I was Felix, I would want to know if someone had a boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't care the modern society or whatever it is. Uh, If I'm dating someone, tell me straight up if you've got another partner. I don't care if it wasn't my place. I said it because I would want to know. So fuck you, Crystal, or whatever your name is. As Tash proceeds to leave that room, uh, Marjorie pops in with maybe the funniest line of the episode. She she goes, burn, bitches. Yeah. In a way that made me absolutely shit my pants laughing. Because Marjorie,
2: Marjorie is barely a character on this show. She just has the worst timing also.
0: Yes. But I think she has done something really funny here, which is realize what Tash is doing and that Tash is getting lots of opportunities to be the focal point. Right. And she's gone, OK, I'm going to hang out with her. I can try and do that. And I think the emergence of uh, of Marjorie as like the minion of Crystal yeah. is one of the one of the funnier through lines of this episode. And there's more of it later on.
2: The Amanda Seyfried to uh, <laughs> Tash's Regina George. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, she's she's not the main schoolyard bully. Right. But she's the kid who, like, leans over after the schoolyard bully has been threatening you and goes like, yeah. You yeah, know? exactly. She's, she's Dolph from The <laughs> Simpsons. <laughs> right, exactly. She's in the crew, but she's not, like, the ringleader. She's not, you know? yeah. Um, really funny. So let's talk about Tash for a second, um, as we will do for the rest of this episode. <laughs> but Fuck. still, yeah. she is displaying a lot of the classic right out of the playbook characteristics of a batchy villain yes um and in the first episodes the first couple of episodes i found it really entertaining and i was like i was i think i called her my favorite bachelor villain from australia yeah um when i was texting somebody about it because there are there are some shortcuts to being a reality tv villain that i think are not especially harmful and she uses them in some pretty fun ways Mm. so like you know, you want to you want to give people nicknames. We mentioned she calls somebody Tits McGee earlier. That is something you can do that takes no effort, doesn't have to be harmful, and it will almost guaranteed get in the edit. Absolutely. As soon as you look at someone and you're like, "Oh, that's farty." Yeah, totally. It doesn't even really have to be very clever or no. anything. No. Um, this and is Trump. <laughs> it, you know what? That's a great parallel. Um, the other thing, as we just mentioned, is forgetting people's names on purpose. Uh huh. Um, You also want to just find the ways to make every segment about you, um, whether it sort of inherently is or isn't. You want to sniff around for information. You want to share that information.
2: Insert yourself into the drama. Yes.
0: But I do think that it does spiral a bit out of control on this episode.
2: I agree with that. Um,
0: So finally, about 15 minutes into the episode, it is time to hear from Jess, who has been lingering in the background, not able to speak. As you said, like all power removed or whatever. So she gets pulled aside by Felix and explains, I was hoping that we could have this conversation on our single date, but yes, I have technically someone at home who's been very supportive of me coming into this experience. Um, He's 33. He lives in Townsville, where I'm from, and he knew when we first got together that I was questioning the whole monogamy system uh, situation, sorry. So what is going through your head at the moment? What are you questioning?
2: This So I think... Wait, let's just talk about how Jess explains this. Yes, good idea. Yes. I think Jess is articulate. Uh I think she's really good in this situation. Yeah. Almost the only thing that she could have said was to... Like, I think that she could have been a little bit more explicit in saying we're in an open relationship.
0: I can almost guarantee that she did say something like that. Yeah. I feel very strongly in my heart of hearts, without knowing anything about Jess, really, Mm. that she would have said something along the lines of, have you heard of an open relationship? Do you know about ethical non-monogamy? Something like that. Yes. Because there are are some, you know, could easily be edit points. You know, it's very easy to see where something like that could have been cut out. This is true.
2: It's not like we're watching the raw footage of this.
0: Right. And it feels to me like if you, there's no chance that she wouldn't know that she is breaking some new ground for the show here 100%. you percent. Know, i don't I, you don't have to watch that much of this show to understand that the the situation that she is bringing into this experience is not what happens every time it's atypical right exactly and so i would assume you know it, i think i think it's fair to assume that uh she would have said something more that got clipped out here. fair enough Uh, Let's talk about how Felix responded to that Right, so Felix, ever the eloquent orator Says, so, total honesty? What the fuck? This Goodness gracious Mm. So Jess continues So this is really making you quite uncomfortable
2: (laughs) Jess is doing such a good job
0: Yeah, she's not rising to his level No She's not meeting his energy She's like, I am going to explain this to you if I have to Yeah. And I'm here to work this through with you. She keeps
2: her peace. She is patient. Yes. This is how you have an argument. As opposed to whatever Tash is doing on the other side, which is a huge, specific villain. uh, Remove. Do everything that you can to take power away from the other person. Mm. And, uh, you know, whether that is deflecting, whether that is leaving the room, whether that is... And to be fair, all of those things are things that you can achieve within an argument, I think... um, fairly you can say to someone hey listen we need to take 10 minutes i need to for
0: sure and often that's a really good and healthy choice to make absolutely
2: tash is not doing that she is quite specifically she's doing it with the intent to escalate rather than the intent intent to escalate and also with the intent to take power away from other people Mm. because Mm. that is how she wins this is almost the opposite of that as you said she doesn't match his energy she is patient she is kind and she's also standing up for herself in that way.
0: Yeah. And I think part of it is there is an extremely strong power imbalance here. Definitely. And so she doesn't have much choice, you know. If she were to uh, do, you know, uh, escalate, she'd be booted out. True. You know? Um, so Jess asks what his thoughts on open relationships are. And he says, I struggle because I'm the sort of white picket fence guy, which is some very coded language. Mm but I wouldn't be able to deal with an open relationship. I want to be with someone for 30 or 40 years. And if you're not up for that, I think this decision's in your court. Now. I think it sucks shit (laughs) that Felix assumes that an open relationship is inherently less serious or valuable or won't or can't last as long as whatever it is he's picturing. Yeah. I think. uh, uh, Yeah,
2: yeah. Keep going.
0: Well, the white picket fence thing speaks to, like, I am from the 1950s, and I have a very particular view of what women should and should not do. <sighs> yeah. And I will not be budging from that, you know? He goes on to have a little more understanding, maybe. Yeah. But I think he's I think that's very true. set in his ways.
2: Right. So I think that he's coming from the position of being completely uprooted. Yes. Completely shocked by this. Sure. And in shock, mm. he is responding with just what his view is. Yes. What I like about Felix as a bachelor mm. is that he is defiantly honest. He doesn't really have a filter. He doesn't. And that, to me, makes him good television.
0: He doesn't have the Richie Strawn like, you know, media train or the Jimmy Nicholson, like, polished sheen.
2: You know Exactly right. He is and out. For you know what I less. mean? He's hogging yeah. out the whole the whole episode, <laughs> yeah. And this for me is like cool. What we're getting is this man's unadulterated opinion. Yeah, it's just that this opinion is dog shit. Yes,
0: and it's at this point in a normal environment where Jess would probably go, "Well, fuck you. You close minded piece of shit. <laughs> like, sure, you know, yeah. who the fuck do you think you are to judge yeah. me? Like, get your head out of the ground. We're in two thousand twenty three. Whatever." And leave. Yes. But because this is The Bachelor, things are not that simple. Right. And she has
2: a level of investment, and there's also a level of pressure on her. Investment. Pressure. She is pressured because she is the first of something, also. Mm -hmm. That's true. And there's also the whole stereotype of the show to contend with, which is that one man meets one woman, and then they get married and have babies. Right. Which is extremely funny, and of course, it cannot be said often enough that
0: this is one of the most hypocritical things ever because he is at the moment Ugh. dating a huge pool of
2: people. Fucking white picket fence man is dating literally 10 other women at the moment.
0: Yes. And what's more, he being paid a huge sum of money to do it. Goodness you know? me. Like, yeah, if yeah. we're talking about questioning people's morals, like yeah. absolutely get off your high horse. Yes. Um, but instead of sending, well, sending herself packing, telling him to get fucked, um, we see her start to backpedal a bit. And she says, subconsciously, I do want that fairy tale monogamous relationship if I feel like they're the one, and that's not necessarily a backpedal, I guess. Like the, you know, she's just stating something that may be important to her. She says, monogamy is something that I'm trying to figure out honestly, which perfect as are we all at some level, hell. you know. Um, I wanted to uh, share this um, past and future guest, Katie Kendall. Um, has been doing some fantastic tweets about this season, as she often does. She pointed out on Twitter that this feels a lot like when Brooke Blurton first talked to the Honey Badger about her bisexuality. And within that context, she had to pivot quite quickly to saying... um, that actually what she wants now is a man and a marriage for sure. And, you know,
2: maybe yeah. she
0: has bisexuality as part of her, but it's not what she's focusing on right now. And yeah, that yeah. Kind of, you know, and there's, there's, I mean, it's clear to me, it's that my
2: rising sign.
0: <laughs> right. It's clear to me that there is no um, uh, space, there's no intent to actually discuss non-monogamy no.
2: on this show at all. No, it's there to be not laughed at, but to titillate the audience.
0: Yes. Um, And to be, yeah, to be a a, a subject of shock. Yes. Um, Felix says, well, do you feel like I'm the one?
2: Christ, bro.
0: (laughs) To this woman that he has spent at most like 30 minutes with. No. And, uh, you know, she says, I don't know. We haven't spent time together. Good. And then uh, Thomas waddles over. (laughs) Oh, this man! Not invited. He's just like, oh, what's going? Eh, what's going on here? We got you got praise from somebody for doing a spot on South African accent.
2: <laughs> yeah. on Twitter this I week, did really well for just just getting halfway there with a South African accent.
0: <laughs> right. Um. But yes, Thomas gets himself involved, and Felix immediately softens in the presence of Thomas. He says, um, "I don't want you thinking I'm angry at you. I'm just working out what's going on." And I'm yeah. like, "Do we have to have another man in the picture to mediate your
2: temper? Really? Is that?" Yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm.
0: So I think Tash outing Jess is disappointing, but it's not massively surprising from a reality TV construction point of view. Agree. I feel quite strongly like this is Jess's discussion to yeah, have whenever if, yeah. she's ready for it. Um, but also, I do think on some level it's a bit naive to think that you will be able to control your own narrative when you enter a situation this is like this. So true. Um. And Tash, we've talked about she's kind of playing things by the book up yeah. to this point, um, even though obviously, as we've talked about for 140 episodes, it's not a good book. No, she's and also just like doing who even well. reads, you know? Yeah. Um, but but she. <laughs> for suckers. Love you. Uh, love you too. Um, but on the whole, I would say if I'm comparing, and I'm still. I'm still. There's still a glimmer of hope with me for Tash at this point in the episode because yeah. I'm thinking about the types of villains that we have, or villain archetype, villain characters, whatever that pop up in this show, and there I think that we can divide them into maybe two categories, probably more, but. Let's say there are two categories. One is what's happening with Tash, where she's quite clearly playing into the archetype and aware of the role that she's there to play. Yeah. And like, you know, choosing to do this, maybe not necessarily aware of all of the implications of everything that she's saying, but like mm. going along with it rather than what sometimes happens, but as thankfully, I hope maybe somewhat going out of vogue, mm. which is like taking someone who seems to be earnestly trying their best and you know uh, their their personality and behavior is like selectively edited and taken out of context and misinterpreted to make them seem villainous
2: i think this is what we saw with jared woodgate back in the day
0: yes that's a really good example yeah and and we saw his um, changed behavior afterwards as com- something of a b- glow up yeah. but in actual fact i wouldn't be surprised if like he was not that bad to begin with true and he's kind of a laughing stock on the show yeah but the show's
2: th- making fun of him yeah. for Jamie Doran, probably to the same extent. Mm. or like Obviously, we've seen weird shit that Jamie Doran has said that has been problematic sure. since the show, uh, but definitely the show played up all of the aspects of the personality to be like, he's problematic mm. and stupid. And he's really dumb, yeah. yeah. And
0: I think it may be a result of the threat of legal action from Jamie Doran for the way that he was portrayed on Bachelor in Paradise. Yeah. That they have sort of rethought... The way that they will present villains, the way that they will bring a villain character into the show.
2: And as we know, that Jamie had obviously feelings for Eleanor that he'd never felt before for anyone in his life. Yes, I've heard this. Yes,
0: that's true. Yes. Um, So, we watch Felix debrief with Thomas, where he incredulously wonders aloud at what point he was supposed to find out about Jess's open relationship. Not looking for an actual answer. Just kind of saying this to say it. You know, he's venting, I guess. Yeah. And Thomas advises him to give her the benefit of the doubt, even if, quote, the mirror's already cracked. Christ. Which is like speaking to like the purity or lack thereof of a woman.
2: And Who's you know. the fairest of them all?
0: <laughs> True, yeah.
2: Um, More like who's the fairest of them oh! all, am I right?
0: That's really good. That's really good. Uh, yes, deeply bad. Um, Felix... Hand waves towards a more reasonable standpoint here. Mm. Um, He says, her life choices aren't disrespectful to anyone. It's just that I don't align with
2: them. This is better.
0: Yeah. Which is like, that's where you should have led with. And maybe once the shock is starting to die down, we feel like maybe that's where he's settling what his opinion will be about this. Yep. But then he adds, so I'm not going to say, oh, you don't want to be monogamous. You want to be polygamous. That's wrong. Now this Great. might again well, still. It might just be a slip up, but he has used the wrong word here. Okay. Um, I feel like maybe it just speaks to his fundamental sort of lack of Ooh, so knowledge. So talk to
2: me about this. Polygamous is the wrong word you're identifying. Right. So
0: polygamy, um, refers to having more than one husband or wife. Oh. Like a marriage situation, which is not at all what's going
2: on. Right. Here, okay. Right? So it's, it's not like husband polyamory. Or wife, polyamory rather, than, rather yeah. than polygamy. Yes. Interesting. And what's I a mean- pygmy? <laughs> and what's a pygmy?
0: Uh, What is Pikmin? (laughs) What is uh, Petru? Mm. Um, What's a Petru dish?
2: All great questions. A pterodactyl. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And... (laughs) Yeah. So she's in a non-paterodactyl relationship. That's
0: right. Yeah. And then we get this immortal line that we've mentioned already. Christ. I love a threesome, but I just don't want to do it with my wife. Let's, like,
2: let's separate the clauses. Let's mm. just do that. Number one, I love a threesome. Okay. Fantastic. Really good. Happy for you, Felix.
0: Yeah. So this is a guy who wants people to know that
2: he loves to fuck loves and get there, baby. Yeah. You know, when presented with the... Vagina to deliver the baby. He was like, "I don't know what this is."
0: Well, you know what? It is kind of a threesome because the baby's there too. Well, and this, I oh am God, deleting Tyler this podcast. Creator. This is horrible. Christ! Did Tyler the Creator do something? I don't know. Yeah,
2: uh, the lyric is "fuck a pregnant bitch and tell the world you had a threesome." Hey, yeah,
0: worst.
2: That was, it was why he was banned from Australia for a little while. Really? Yes.
0: So I'm gonna get banned from you Australia are banned for this from podcast. From the country.
2: Oh, thank God, I can go somewhere better. So here's what happens.
0: <laughs> well, aside from the fact that this. Just makes him sound like um, this is an obscure reference that you're not going to get, Max. But Tom Cruise flirting with the two women at the
2: start of Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, Do you know what? Is Jennifer Lopez in that movie? She isn't. It's a shame. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, that would be interesting. Who's What's the one with George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez? I have no idea. Out of Sight. Right. Oh, have you seen it? Uh, no, I remember seeing a preview of it. I was thinking about when the first time that I realized 1998? that I... 1998? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember it, like thinking about the first time that I realized that I thought women were hot. Oh! Yeah. This was it. Out of Sight, 1998. Was it... Or Ally McBeal. One Nancy the other. Allen
0: from Robocop. Who's in that movie? It was, was it Katherine Keener from Being John Malkovich? Who's in that movie?
2: It was an incredibly hot Jennifer Lopez scene. Was it Albert Brooks? It was Albert. Do you know Nemo! what? Nemo! It was Mel Brooks.
0: You can't swim, Nemo! I'm working on my impression. Anyway. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, obviously, I mean, do we know what he means here? Because he says it like he knows what he means. It feels like the most heinous shit imaginable.
2: Uh, He's trying to get a joke off. I think he's trying to deflect and make a joke about make light of the situation. You know that thing, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, right? He He has got this sort of... Dim grin
0: on his face That's when he happening. says I'm it. I'm sure of
2: it. He's but trying to get this joke off about like oh, we'll be in a threesomes. That'll be great,
0: right? So, but I guess what he's saying, what it what it feels like, is he's saying I want to have as many threesomes as I can <laughs> until I decide that it's time to get married, and because then I I'm want to marry
2: a white picket fence guy deep down, right?
0: And then I want to marry someone who would never dream of having a threesome, correct? Because that will make her impure, right? I don't. That nah, like would like crack the mirror. Not sure. Um, real dumb, don't like it. Anyway, um we see him in ITM maintaining that he had every intention of taking Jess on a single date today, but now he quote needs time to process. Could be true. I don't know. It's it's pretty dumb that he's like, this has blown me so on my ass that I can't fucking participate in the show today. But I
2: love that it has. <laughs> well, I, I don't guess. doubt that it has. Yeah. You know uh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like everything that we have heard from this man has indicated a hundred percent honesty right every step of the way yeah this he's been like oh i'm fucking fuck me fucking sideways yes
0: so anyway enough of this for a minute we finally get a little breath of fresh air let's talk about the first single date in channel 10's 2023 season of the bachelor the first single date since november 2021 the flagship event that kicks off every season with a bang Usually this is a chance for a fear of heights date or some kind of other adrenaline of love. pumping activity. Jimmy Nicholson took Brooke Cleal out for a private flight.
2: That's right. Brooke Blurton
0: and David took a helicopter to the Blue Mountains and they abseiled together. Yes. Ali Ogin and Charlie played Twister on a suspended wire bridge 60 metres up in the that. air, so etc. Sophie et Monk
2: did the fear of heights date with Jared. Wooker. Okay. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Usually this is a spectacle, Yes. You know? So... We watch as Thomas Melicelli takes Max's winner pick and potential stage five Klinger archetype Leah to a park. The park. As they walk towards
2: a swing, this...
0: and they sit on the swing mm. and they talk to one another.
2: They are setting this up. They are setting us up. I don't know that I want to walk back. Leah being my winner pick. <laughs> But they are definitely doing everything for the show to break Leah's heart if she is not the pick.
0: Right, right. So we watch as Leah becomes increasingly emotionally vulnerable in ITM, which is sort of peppered throughout this date footage. Yes. In which she divulges that she's been cheated on in the past and she's approaching this situation with caution in spite of her emerging feelings for Thomas. We see her ask Thomas whether he's ever been in love and asks him, what does it feel like? Love. And Thomas answers, it feels like everything disappears. I sound like Bjork.
2: (laughs) I can't do it at all. (laughs) Uh, Wait, give me the line. Give me the line. It
0: feels like everything disappears and you can't stop thinking about the person. Just thinking about them makes you
2: smile like this. It feels like everything disappears and everything about them makes you smile like this. (laughs) It's really good. It's too
0: good, actually. Uh, Yes, he says, this feels like the beginning of falling in
2: love. Uh, This is the most irresponsible line. Like, fuck whatever Felix has got going on, uh-huh. right? Felix mm. is being honest about the whole thing. Probably Thomas is being honest as well. Mm. The discretion or the lack thereof that Thomas is showing here yeah. towards this woman who clearly has got some shit going on right, is so, so irresponsible. Do not say this to this particular person.
0: Right. Um, Katie, who I mentioned before, also pointed out to me that, that what is happening here is love bombing. Sure. You know, or at least sort of the early stages of the pre, you know, pre love bombing signs or whatever. Okay. That, like, that's such a dangerous thing. Love bombing is this, like, um, overwhelming outpouring of love and affection to the degree that it becomes, like, unbearable. You're so good. You're so beautiful. And it becomes unbearable to not have it, I guess. You know, like, yeah. it creates an unrealistic expectation. It's yeah. Like, it can be really harmful. Yes. You know, obviously saying that you love someone is extremely good. But we're not being okay. crazy here, but there's a point. You know, there's a there's a line that can there is a point.
2: line, and there is a threshold. And how early can you do it with someone that you have just met? Right. And certainly, it feels like Thomas is really. I again, don't doubt that he's feeling his feelings. I just think that it was a really poor choice mm. to say this feels like the start of falling in love. Yeah. To this woman in particular, mm. when you are dating nine other women.
0: Right, and it's it's complicated by the fact that like that's kind of the design of this show. You're meant to say this shit. And you're meant to say it early, and you're meant to say it earlier and earlier, year after year. Yeah. You know?
2: But don't say it to her. No,
0: I, I'm with you. And and Leah says, yeah, I've not felt this way before. Maybe that's why I can't explain it. Maybe that's what you're doing to me. Mm.
2: And he agrees, saying,
0: yeah, it's really powerful before leaning in for a really big smooch on the swing. And, yeah, it, it feels fucked up. Um, I, I, I want, like, in my heart of hearts, I want to believe that Leah is uh, playing a character or something, you yeah. know, like because I, I genuinely feel kind of concerned for her i feel sad for leah yeah i just feel like she she seems so emotionally vulnerable and if if that's the case assuming that's the case then the show is absolutely exploiting her yeah you know? And, and and especially it feels gross because it seems to be in service of Thomas Malicelli's, like, squeaky clean image rehabilitation, you know, showing that he is capable of love despite the fact that he's involved, and quite proudly, I might add, mm. in an MLM.
2: Well, so I think that those two things aren't mutually exclusive. No. I, so to, to begin with, right? But I do sort of feel like this whole episode. exercise
0: is about branding and about, like, polishing his... Definitely. Um, His rap.
2: And we're seeing a lot of that from the show. And I don't know whether it's to set him up for a fall. I don't don't know what's going on there. But what I'm seeing is Thomas being the man who approaches Jess and Felix. Mm. And the show presenting that as kind of a good thing because he's vulnerable and sensitive and sees that there's something happening and that he can make this better. He can intervene. In the same way here, he is uh let's say saying the right things to the girl who has been hard done by in love mm. it is deeply concerning for me on both sides yeah let those two people have their conversation yeah and on the other end don't say this to this woman right but hey hey a little
0: psychological manipulation and exploitation is a small price to pay for the luxury
2: and fantasy mm.
0: of going to a park and sitting on a swing <laughs> <screen.
2: laughs> The swing also, there's something that's so bridge to Terabithia or The Notebook <laughs> or something about... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's got that really, like, golden hour. Oh, yeah. Where Again, emphasising the purity of this woman. True, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's a good
0: point. It's it's quite old-fashioned.
2: Yes. Um, joking aside, though, and
0: we're talking about how this is maybe the lowest scale single date I've ever seen on any version of this show. Agree. Um, if they want to, broadly speaking, scale down single dates and make them feel a bit more organic and focus more on the types of conversations that can come up... Oh, I'm so here for this. Because we're always complaining about how, oh, they've put them in separate aeroplanes right. or whatever. Yeah. You know, these people are not interacting on any level. This is way better. I don't mind it. You know, it, it might take a little while before I adjust to... like When I do my recap and I write it in my Google Doc and I write the heading, Single Date Number One, A Swing. <laughs> it <was> Thomas <laughs> and Leah.
2: You know, that that
0: will never stop feeling crazy to me. Yeah. But, but uh,
2: I, I don't hate it. We got it's so much I, more out of this date, I think, than yeah. we would if they went on a speedboat.
0: And you know what? It also only took up like two minutes of airtime. It was much better. Because they weren't
2: fucking doing whatever. We didn't you have know? to show all this weird action. Let's right. keep going.
0: Okay. So let's let's go straight to the second single date. There's a little bit of a girl chat in between, but it's it doesn't really matter. Single date number two. Well, okay. We didn't have that much luck with the first one, right? But that's probably just because they were saving all the budget for the second one, Right.
2: right? Right.
0: Especially because this one features Tash. You know, she's the de facto main character of this episode. She's undoubtedly an important part of this season going forward. We wouldn't waste another inconsequential date on this woman. And that's why Jed has taken her for a glass of champagne on a balcony somewhere.
2: Perfect. Again, so good. I don't hate it. Let's let this happen to us. Right. So in VO,
0: Tash says she's, quote, glad to escape those hyenas and go on this date. I don't know why they didn't show the footage of her getting chased by a pack of wild animals <laughs> in a savannah or whatever. Um, what are they even doing there? <laughs> it's like when the orangutans escape from Sydney fucking... Well, Queens Down here on Missenden Road. Yeah, but it's a whole different, yeah. a whole
2: different kettle of fish. Yeah, you're there. right. Yeah, yeah. They have different fish kettles in That's Queensland. Right. Yeah, and they yeah. keep yeah. in them. Yeah. Put the fish kettle on and spill the tea, <laughs> spill Tash. Spill the tea, yeah. yeah.
0: She, <laughs> she explains in ITM that in a previous relationship, which... Maybe Michael D. Turnbull, but we don't know. She doesn't We say. don't know. I don't want to leave to that assumption. Uh, she was kept secret for a while. Her partner would quote, act single and told her to stay, to say that they were just friends. And so this situation specifically triggered her. Now, I believe this. Yeah. And I think it adds a layer of humanity to her behavior. Yeah. Although I don't think the goodwill really lasts that long. No. And I don't think she's really interested in. Like, she is using the word triggered in a way that reminds me of how a lot of conservative people use the word triggered. Yes. Um, in the sense that you know, this feels murky because I don't want to tell her that she's not triggered by this thing in a way that I believe. But. Mm. The word is. Powerful. Yes. And it's taken on different meanings, I think, as it's grown in popularity outside of the circles of like people who go to therapy,
2: you know? Sure. Let's
0: let's put it that simply.
2: Yes. I don't know that it carries the same weight for her as it might carry for, let's say, a psychologist. Yeah.
0: Now, I don't want to diminish the damage that could have happened in previous relationships to her. Kept a
2: secret, all that kind of stuff. Because
0: that truly sounds really horrible. Sounds yucky. Yeah. Um, so Jed says some vaguely supportive things, which aren't particularly insightful, but ultimately it doesn't really feel like they matter. Mm. Um, he thanks her for being open with him. I get the impression that he's kind of just playing along at all costs because they need Tash to stay on the show. Agree. And uh, their relationship does not really matter so much as it needs to be healthy enough for
2: her to survive the week. But also I kind of think that she's doing a good job on Jed, that's and we'll true. see this later.
0: That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Um, Jed, who has prided himself on his skills as a songwriter. And I don't say that to be mean about his songwriting, which I have not really paid no, much attention to. No, I haven't to, either. But I do remember that he was kind of bragging about it on an earlier Maybe episode. I'll write a
2: song about whoever the person is that right. I take on a date. Yeah.
0: Um, so whenever he is not particularly gifted in um, speech uh, whatever... You know, that that rings in my head a little bit. He's not very convincing in this ITM where he says, she's definitely gorgeous and she has something that does something to me. <laughs> and uh, he's sort of grinning and he adds, so I feel a bit tingly in my arm. Why your arm? His drumming arm. As as we know, he's he plays drums in linen. Wait, no, it's not linen skinned. What is it? The band with the drummer with one arm? Def Leppard.
2: Def Leppard is what you're thinking of.
0: Whew, it's a good podcast. Um... Anyway, this date lasts the duration of two thirds of a glass of sparkling. Yeah. Um, there's also some bad continuity that I spotted, which I don't know if I mentioned, but this doesn't make uh, this doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but they 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 start um, passionately making out towards the end of this date. Yeah. And they but I noticed passionately. Passionately, <laughs> pashing or passionately tashing. She's got tash t- tash, Pash tash, rash oh, tash Pash rash. Tash. Yeah. T- thank you. Tash rash, pretty good. Um, so they're making out and their glasses are fuller than they were in the preceding conversation. Who cares, obviously, but, it, you know, it's a little bit sloppy. Um, Tash yeah, ITMs. so is the making
2: out. <laughs> it's
0: true. Tash ITMs. Yeah, he is like, oh, my God, everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting wet, but it's from the rain. Great. I feel like they are so in love. They're so enamored with Tash that they are just kind of, Handing her the mic, handing her the airtime, and just letting her they're keep going saying, like, as long as she anything. wants to. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they're also leaving in all the gaps where she is trying to think of the next sensational thing that she wants to say. Right. Which makes it really funny to me. That
2: is, It's really good editing on the part of the show because we're seeing the the gears turn for Tash. Yes. And that softens her to a certain extent. I guess so, yeah. And also makes her worse.
0: I wonder if it softens her to people who aren't paying as much attention as you and I, though.
2: Well, to be honest with you, I watched it and softened to her as Mm. I started watching her wheels turn, trying to think of something ridiculous to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I get you. Right, exactly.
0: I mean, it's no... We're
2: about to podcast our seventh hour (laughs) for the week.
0: Exactly, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say for this episode, which is not (laughs) the truth. Can we also talk about the music that they introduce here? And, and mm. particularly the music on this episode is so fucking it's funny. It's fucked up. <laughs> it's so fucked up. This is the point in particular where they have a singer going, ooh wow, ooh wow, ooh wow. Ooh wow. Ooh wow, wow. The music choices in this episode are so fucking terrible. They're so I feel like they're um they're obviously modeled after uh the way that music is used
2: in trashier, more high concept reality shows. Here's how I'll explain it to you. Uh-huh. Imagine Imagine Dragons. (laughs) Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, that's true. That's what it is. It's
0: like, it's like,
2: um, it's
0: thuddingly literal at several points. Oh my God. Because this is music that's being written for the show. It reminds me of the style of music that you see in Love Island or on MTV shows like Are You the One? Yeah. um, Or maybe The Challenge a little bit um, or Married at First Sight or whatever, where it's this, it's that style of very modern dance music. But for some reason, and because it's music that's written for this show rather than, like, licensed music, um, they've, like, written lyrics and the lyrics are all like, I can't believe what's going to happen after the break. (laughs) 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 It's it's so, like, there are so many points in this episode. I think right at the start it's like, how did we get here? Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Uh, it's so funny. I think it echoes this very insecure way and i feel a great deal of insecurity in this episode and and kind of in this season on the whole yeah the way that the bachelors is copying off the homework of the more successful reality shows this season yeah um so much of it is like directly derivative and and the editing style and the production choices and all sorts of stuff you know the the way that they have tried to change is to more closely resemble other shows that rate better that's right and so it speaks to this level of panic and
2: desperation
0: behind the scenes and, and sometimes hearing, like, it's working and mm. sometimes it really makes me laugh
2: and you're hearing ooh wow ooh wow and i'm it's just giving royalty free to me for sure you for know, sure like someone's gone onto copyrightfree music.com mm-hmm. and just downloaded Vocal a heap of shit and or, gone yeah, hog yeah um, we'll talk about license-free music in a second, because there's some funny license-free music. Did Jed write these songs? That's the <laughs> other question that I have. You know what? You know what? Ooh, well, that would be a bag for him. It if would he, be a, yeah, a great Yeah, if he bag. got the
0: sync of like doing the score, mm. or whatever, I, I, I wonder. Um, probably not. He's busy, what? Doing... Paddington. <laughs> he did. He did, Yeah. He didn't have a lot to do with Paddington. I don't want to give he's him that do much Paddington
2: credit. Three. I wonder if he's going to do all the drums on Paddington Three. How would that make you feel?
0: <laughs> um, to be honest, I'd be pretty excited. Great. A big collision of two interests of mine. I'd be a little, you know, confused. Probably by feels it, good for you. Yeah.
2: yeah. All
0: right. Speaking of feeling good for me, Max, I'm so happy to be discussing this next segment. Yes. It's time for a group date. And of course, there's no there's no group date card. There's no indication of who's coming on this date or for what reason. Right. And I don't really know. And I will have to matter. go back and fucking freeze frame so I can put it in my grid.
1: <laughs>
0: but this episode is not remotely about any of the people who come on this group date. I don't Pretty think. Pretty funny, maybe except one of them. for Jess. Yeah. Um, but still, we are headed outside the mansion and towards one of the Gold Coast's many fine tourist attractions. Dreamworld, Australia's biggest theme park, Hollywood on the Gold Coast—that's <laughs> what they call it. Uh, over forty, over forty attractions divided amongst eight themed lands. And uh, guess what? This is, of course, our first instance of extremely subtle sponsored content. Extremely, extremely subtle. As we've discussed, The Bachelor's move to the Gold Coast is part of an overall deal with Screen Queensland and the Queensland government. And as Premier Anastasia... Palaszczuk. Announced. Thank you. Uh, the production will create local jobs and contribute an estimated $4.1 million into the... Uh, $4.1 million into the Queensland economy with flow-on benefits for hospitality and tourism. Why didn't they call it Screensland? <laughs> That's a fucking good point. What a missed opportunity. No wonder it's... I don't know. I don't know what's happening in Queensland. No wonder they need the bachelors. That's true. Naturally, this includes Dreamworld, and we watch the cast ride just a few of the thrill rides, including the Claw, a pendulum that swings over twenty-seven meters up into the air while spinning riders three hundred and sixty degrees. And then the Steel Titan, a 1.2 kilometer long coaster with four inversions, a triple launch system, top speed of 105 kilometers per hour, and g forces of 3.8. And it is here that we learn that Jed is terrified of roller coasters. He hates them. And we follow his point of view throughout the ride as he screams and swears his way through the experience. It's really good. This is the best part
2: of the episode. I agree. It is so fun to watch him just hate this.
0: Yes, it is a sheer delight, and something like this clip, this moment from this episode, is something I will revisit for many times in the future. Yes, just for my own pleasure, just for fun, just for just for fun. Um, remember Dreamworld? Right, exactly. A Did place, the people die at Dreamworld? There have been some deaths at Dreamworld. Yeah. yeah, well, most theme parks world. have. Oh, yeah, that's true. Most theme parks have had people die at them. That's great. Yeah, isn't it? That's why I like them. <laughs> um, but what happens here, and I think this is worth mentioning, is the like artifice... scream parks. Stop it. The, the, of course they scream. The rides are scary. And sometimes they make you die. Uh, the artifice strips away, you know? And, ah. and Jed is in full-blown elemental panic mode. Um, while next to him, Alesia... Alesia? Alesia. Alesia maintains her composure and basically just laughs at him the entire time. Really good. And um, I feel like this is the kind of thing that genuinely builds a connection. Yeah. And I think maybe even more so than your typical fear of height state, somehow they've keyed into the fact that Jet is scared of roller coasters. It's just such a perfect storm. Um, he's so upset, but he uh, is playing it perfectly. Well, I don't think he's playing it. I think like what happens is an extremely funny reaction.
2: The show putting him in all of these situations where he hates it, yes, is really good, and it's, it's a, a great, a runner. huge subversion to what usually happens on these shows. Uh huh. Yeah, because it's true. genuinely, what what happens most of the time mm. is that we'll find out that a woman is scared of heights and we'll <gasps> drop her out of a plane.
0: Right, and in fact, they will usually cast a lead who is. A daredevil and is brave and right, adventurous James and outdoorsy in some way, and yeah. fucking honey badger, or, you know whatever. Russell yeah. coit ish Jed feels like Get he behind. has just survived a life or death situation, and Elysia gets to see and bond with the real Jed. Yeah, Jed is someone who, um, you know, has some layers to him that you know he is projecting a um, particular image of himself, which you know is probably close to how he feels on the inside and stuff. Uh-huh. But, like, we're not thinking about his hair dye and eyeliner and, you know, his punk rock aspirations and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing, like, a guy who's fucking shitting his pants <sighs> and uh, a woman who's going like, this dude, come on. Yeah, you know? I like on. it a lot.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, just quietly, I think that it's a real shame that due to licensing restrictions, we didn't get to see any of the following Dreamworld attractions. The Kung Fu Panda rickshaw ride pandemonium, Dorothy's rosy teacup ride, great. The play school wheel, Shrek's ogre go round. ABC. Yeah, got AB- in
2: on Dreamworld. There's an
0: ABC Kids Land that at Dreamworld fucking rules. Yeah, um, the Puss in Boots sword swing. It's just a swing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, The the Bananas in Pajamas Fun Maze. (laughs) Fun Maze is really funny to me. The Escape from Madagascar Coaster.
2: Oh, yes. Of
0: course, the plot of the Madagascar movies is they're trying to leave Madagascar, not get there, which I think is maybe the plot. Mm. Madagascar heads don't at me. Um, Or my personal favorite, and Mm. I think maybe yours, Dronky Flyers. The merry-go-round themed after the mutant half-breed babies of Dragon and Donkey from the Shrek movies.
2: No, is that true? That's real, yes. That can't be real. That
0: absolutely exists. We didn't get to see it.
2: Yeah. Well, look, I my personal favourite is the Charlie's Angel full throttle bottle ride. <laughs> that sounds good. It's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, it's also really rotten timing that the show was filmed when it was mm. because over the course of the next year, and I'm sorry, you may, you may have time, but the ABC Kids world... And the DreamWorks Experience themed areas will actually be rebranded. Oh, no. Um, to oh, we've the, lost the rights. Well, oh. yeah, I think so. So you might have to rush down there. I'm going to have to go. To go on these rides for yeah. children. Um, they will be rebranded to Rivertown and Kenny and Belinda's Dreamland, respectively.
2: What is... Who are Kenny and Belinda? So fucking glad you asked me. Maxie. Who are Kenny and Belinda?
0: Kenny Go- Kenny Koala and Belinda Brown oh. are Dreamworld original characters who have been around for decades. Yeah. They are walk around characters who are big anthropomorphic koalas. Yes. And along with Goldie the Clown and Cooey the Gumnut Fairy. Fuck off.
2: Cooey a- <laughs> the Gumnut Fairy. Mm-hmm.
0: They make appearances at the park.
2: Ooh, the gum fairy. They,
0: they sing and dance and they meet guests and they do daily performances to teach kids
2: about fire safety. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who teaches kids about fire safety? Who's that? Giddy fucking Goanna. Oh yeah, that's true. You fire ever seen Sam? Him? Yeah, Fireman Sam. Yeah, Fireman Sam. We a
0: don't lot. need a third I couldn't thing. disagree more. I couldn't disagree more. Oh. You haven't met these two. Okay, tell they're, me about them.
2: Well, they're fun-loving koalas. Oh my God. Fucking, where's Nutsy? You know what I mean? <laughs> Where's Blinky? Know. Yeah, well... Give well, we me Splodge the kangaroo. I wouldn't That's all I'm saying. I
0: wouldn't mind a little Splodge. But you know what? The season is young. There's plenty of time. Okay. Um, unfortunately, they are nowhere to be seen in this episode. Frankly, it feels like a wasted opportunity that to does, me. yeah. But, you know, it wouldn't be The Bachelor if we didn't skip over some of the most potentially interesting people or koalas or gumnut fairies. Do we... I wonder if any of the actual cast are gumnut fairies, if they you know, identify that way, you know? Yeah, I
2: think that identifying as a gumnut fairy is... <laughs>
0: It's maybe my new like,
2: thing. Someone's coming from Moorland <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's
2: me. And is like, I'm a gum nut fairy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think that that's really I'm relevant. I'm changing my Twitter bio as <laughs> we speak. <laughs> <laughs> he slash they slash
0: gum nut, nut fairy. fairy. Yeah. Great. One word. After the rides, we see the group just kind of strolling around the bizarrely empty theme park. And I thought this was weird. Yeah, they closed it off
2: for the day for him, right? Right.
0: They've probably given them a gap of like three or four hours, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's really weird. Wouldn't you want to show it as a place that's full of life and activity? Full of people. I would have to assume that's why Belinda and Kenny aren't there, right? Oh, got they it. They're not permitted in. There's a cap on
2: population inside. <sighs> you know? Theme park to yourself, though. Wouldn't that's hate the it. dream. Wouldn't hate it. Mm. Yeah. Would kind of give anything for it, to be honest. Think about how short the line for fairy floss would be.
0: Yeah. No, no line. No line. Gum nut fairy floss. Exactly. Right. I might nut fairy floss.
2: <laughs> Listener, was, I don't nut nutting.
0: Fairy... <laughs> Wait, is that what that is? Is yeah. it the nut of a piece of gum?
2: I think that that's what it is. Or it's...
0: A, a gum tree when it comes.
2: Yeah, it's gum gum.
0: <laughs> it's gum gum. I'm selling my gum cum on Gumtree. (laughs) 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 Mm. Uh, Yum, yum, gum, gum. (laughs) Yum, yum, gum, gum. They're they're strolling around the park, and I guess there's some music being played in the park, which Felix and Tilly start dancing to. Yeah. Except it's evidently licensed music, which Channel 10 doesn't want to pay for.
2: Right. They're dancing to Bruno Mars or some shit.
0: Right. So we weirdly watch them dance very energetically to this like weird, shitty, license-free jazz music. It's bad. It's quite bad. It's very funny, though. But during this dance we also see our first huju of the season. It is a hooju. Yeah, which I'm counting as a huju even though it's within the context of dance. I feel like it still counts.
2: Let's give a hooju for the listeners. Wait, you want us to do it right now? I don't now? maybe we don't do a hug and jump.
0: Yes, it's a, it's the hug jump. It's something you see on on Bachelor quite often and and it's basically it's often at the start of a group date where someone yeah. will like sprint up to the bachi and then like do a spring onto them and then they will hug like while the woman catch is kind me of in yeah. yes exactly
2: um the yeah. reverse hooju is my favorite what's that where the man runs at the woman
0: oh sure yes which happens quite rarely yeah and particularly like you wouldn't see felix doing it because he would probably kill any of these women
2: yeah i think that I ca- i'm look to be honest with you maybe that's how maybe that's how we get rid of steph <laughs> who's steph
0: <laughs> i don't know there's certainly some people who could be weeded out this way though yeah Uh, Some ITMs from Jess are sprinkled in Who observes that Felix is being a little bit distant Although, you know, it's a group date Mm. You can't be talking to the whole time Yeah. But soon after, she pulls Thomas for a chat Mm. As they stroll towards Dreamworld Fudge and Nut Which is the name of a candy shop Dreamworld Fudge and Nut And they take a seat Get your gum gum here (laughs) Get your gum gum and your nuts Nuts out for the gum gum Round the corner, fudges, made. <laughs> 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 ah, good. Uh, good. They, they take a seat, like, perched on the edge of a planter. Uh, Jess talks through the insecurity that she's feeling about Felix's demeanor since the big reveal. Mm. And fucking Thomas is really good he's
2: great he's so good in this situation this is this is the duality of thomas right this is why i I keep saying i think that he thinks that he's a nice man i think he has the capacity to act nice yeah he just is doing a multi-level marketing thing right
0: and he doesn't care about it like there was a there was a thing that came out on punky this week which is an interview that i think they recorded a little while ago where they asked him are you in a multi-level marketing scheme? And he said, yes, I am. But I wouldn't call it a scheme. It's more of like, that's the point that he tries to... Yeah, it's not a you know. scheme.
2: It's I call it network marketing. Right. He's like, it's not a scheme. It's whatever. more
0: of a plan or something. You know? Yeah, like,
2: like it would swap the, the noun and it's the same thing. Right, right exactly. He's like, yeah, I, that's what I do.
0: But he feels there's no trace of regret. There's no. no trace of shame. There's no trace of like thinking that what he's doing is wrong. No,
2: of course, because it's worked for him. Well, yeah. And it can work for you, Xavi. Oh, my
0: God looking at my body just being like couldn't it be a little more <laughs> isogenic uh, but w- what he does here and it's crazy that I'm liking this so much he centers the conversation on what he, on what she wants you know? Less, le- you know Jess should be worried less about how to make things right with Felix yeah and more about like how do you feel you know which oh, it should be the really most basic good. thing ever it's obviously really the bar's good. low yeah. but hearing him say this in a quite unexpected way Fucking really worked. It's one of the better like moments of bacheloring in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to hear her actual thoughts on monogamy for basically the first time at this point as well. And you really feel that. She's looking for a partner who is open-minded. Yeah. Who is ready and willing to discuss it with her. And she's unsure whether Felix wants to do that and wants to continue with her.
2: She's looking for a partner who is spiritual. <laughs> yeah partner no. who sells protein shakes to children. Yeah.
0: yeah in itm a producer asks her are you confident you're getting a rose tonight and jess begins to answer but can't get through it she sobs on camera and says i really wanted to have hope for the remainder of this experience but i feel like there's just part of him that's really not sure about whether we're going to be compatible and this is kind of hard to watch she's like truly quite upset yeah um and a- again, this is one of those things where I'm frustrated because in any other situation, she would just tell him to get fucked and be better off for sure. it. Sure, But this situation, as we said, is designed to put so much pressure on her to stay yeah. and try and wait for this shithead dude to try and figure out his own shit. You know? yeah,
2: yeah, the power dynamic is, is entirely off. Yeah. The thing that struck me here mm. was the producer giving the prompt again. Did you see this? Yeah, they're egging her on. So basically they're like, do you think you'll be getting the rose? And she sort of like gets halfway through and then breaks down. Right. And it's presented as helpful, right? Yeah. You're giving this confessional. I'm just going to give you the last couple of words that you said. Mm. And the producer goes like, but it feels like... Mm. And then she goes, but it feels like... Right? Like that is such... It's great TV producing to begin with, but it is also so... uh, So, in service of getting the confessional at the expense of what her, um, letting her have her emotional moment or something.
0: This moment in particular struck me that. She starts She she answers a question And I and I noticed When they They show the producer Asking the question and Yeah I Why are they showing The producer asking the question Yeah And it's because She gets partway through And then starts crying Yeah So that then They couldn't show The remainder of that clip Without showing her Begin to cry Right So it makes sense For them to keep This whole chunk together mm-hmm. But as you said It's really good producing Because then you feel The emotional journey That she's going through Right Where she starts out Like it's just a regular ITM Yeah And then towards the end She's like really uncovering A deeper layer of vulnerability
2: Yeah and just if you are new, ITM in the moment. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah.
0: We've probably said it two hundred times on this episode already, but sorry if you are if you're new. Um, anyway, I have to imagine that we are leaning towards Jess switching bachelors. Yeah, and uh, probably for Thomas, for better or worse. This yeah. is a Guess, but you know the the level that he opens up to her, the level that she is questioning
2: whether Felix is the right bachelor for her. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised. I think that's certainly true, and. It adds, this is where having three bachelors adds that layer of complexity because Thomas introducing himself to this situation, even if it is in service of being like, hey, look, I can see this thing with you and Felix is kind of weird. Can I help you? Mm. Is like he is coming off as the knight in shining armor.
0: Yes. And that then raises him as a potential romantic possibility within the confines of this show.
2: So we can't write to the rose ceremony. Jesus Christ, there's so long to go. This right. is the point at which I realized there's fucking forty-five minutes left in this episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, like at least at least twenty-five minutes of show left without yeah. counting for ad breaks. Yeah, so crazy. Um, and yes, uh, despite eleven women being safe from elimination due to not being invited on the group date, yeah, Asha invites all of them to get off the couch and come stand to the ne- to the other women anyway.
2: Just for fun. Let's just see what happens here. Yeah.
0: So we're all in, and the crew has to try and find a way to cram the fucking 27 women and three men into a shot together. Great. There really are a lot of fucking people on this
2: show. There's so many people on this show. Yeah. To be honest with you, listener, we don't know their names yet.
0: No, there's plenty of them. I mean, I'm even for the ones that we're talking about, I'm looking it up before I write my recap. But How I'm...
2: many can you name off the top of your head? No, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I can do four, I think. Hit me there or maybe five there's naomi she made out with felix in the last episode there
0: is a naomi yeah good call okay yeah
2: then there's jessica she's been the center of conflict she's in the open relationship Correct. there's tash who is the villain yeah there's jasmine mm-hmm. there's abigail that's yes. five. Oh, and there's crystal that's six
0: yeah real good um i want to mention leah
2: Oh, Leah. Yeah. Yep, She's there. I can name her.
0: And I remember Crystal pretty well, too. Uh, we just talked about her. Oh, you've mentioned her yeah, already? Yeah. In well, fact. that's how quickly a,
2: a <laughs> name is managed with oh, my brain. And then there's CJ. Yes, CJ exists. CJ exists, and the only reason that I know CJ is because she is giving wonderful confessional at yeah. all times. okay, right.
0: I remember CJ because I'm actually on a CJ diet. <laughs> anyway, uh... <laughs> So this is our introduction to what seems to be the new... That one was just a fart. <laughs> and it was actually me. Um, this is also our introduction to what seems to be the new style of rose ceremony. Yeah. Where instead of... This is how Osher explained it in a podcast I listened to. Noisy sip of water you just took. Yeah, I kind of love it. Um, Instead of using voiceover to illustrate what the women and men might be thinking while they're suffering through their time on the bleachers. Yes. Now there's an attempt to create an open and direct dialogue. And, you know, at least what might resemble one. Sure. And I'm using the term for better or worse a lot of times this season, but uh, I I will use it again here. Certainly makes for some interesting TV. Asha is put in the unfortunate position of instigating a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not very becoming
2: for him. It's not becoming for him, but I think that he handles it relatively gracefully.
0: I agree, but I do... Like, this is the point where I'm like, he is stooping to the level of this
2: show... That's true. In a way that it doesn't always feel like he is. There's a Sydney Morning Herald, Herald article from this week that's called, We Need to Save Osher from The Bachelor. <laughs> Again, Sydney Morning Herald is a Channel 9 property. so oh, true, yeah. we... Mm, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. It's worth mentioning. It's yeah. worth mentioning. But uh, the premise of the article is interesting in that we love Osher. As sure. a country, we love Osher, and The Bachelor is a sinking ship.
0: Yeah, and, and Osher is... Um, as he's demonstrated in his book and his many podcasts and stuff and, you know, media appearances or whatever, a very thoughtful guy. He is. Who is like fairly progressive and like has a lot of interesting thoughts about himself and his place in the world and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so when you see him doing stuff like this, I was thinking a lot about Osha this week and I was just like, oh, this is, you
2: know, he's it's getting, fascinating... It's getting
0: worse for him on this show. Yeah. Even though I feel like With every passing day He kind of gets better Maybe I don't know
2: He's a fascinating Interpersonal mediator Mm. For this particular Kind of conflict I
0: wonder how he feels About it You know This is why I want to have him On the fucking podcast Osh
2: What's up Now I promise We will have a normal Conversation with you That you will get Something out of Here's The next bit of this Yes Put Kyle Sandilands In his place (laughs)
0: On The Bachelor, you mean? Yeah. He's well, the host of The Bachelor watching. now. That would be I mean, it. I
2: would stop watching also. Yeah. But imagine how someone with less tact... That's true. ...would handle this situ- situation.
0: Yes, that's true. Um, <laughs> tact is another word that I used a lot of times while watching this episode because yes. I don't think Felix has a milligram of it. No, 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 no. He's yeah. entirely tactless, right. Yeah.
2: but that for me is his charm.
0: Right. Yeah. I find it less charming than you, but I definitely see what you mean. Yeah. Um. It, it, it is, like, it's refreshing when I compare it to other types of Bachelor that we've had in the past. Right. But also, it doesn't make me feel any less exhausted.
2: Well, so, I, I understand that. My thing is, like, yes, it's tactless. He is being completely honest. And that honesty for this show is radical.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, Osha starts by asking Tash if she feels like she might make it to finale. To which she says, oh, I am a finale. I am the finale. Which is one of those things that kind of sounds good, but really doesn't make doesn't any sense at all. Doesn't mean anything. Don't think that means anything? No.
2: Um,
0: Osha brings up the rings again. Um, I feel like the show is using commitment as a carrot. We talked about that, but yeah. also as the stick. Um, he, it, That's interesting. Like yeah, it, it is urging the women to take things seriously because the bachelors want to propose they to They want to propose to you. Um, which, by the way... There's nothing that convinces me that that's true. Like the, we saw the rings get thrust upon them right. two days ago. Right. You know, maybe not two days ago in show time or sure. whatever, but uh, it doesn't. They didn't come here with the idea of doing this. No,
2: none of them came in being like I'm because going they wanted to get a married. big reveal on night one. Yeah. Um. And the bachelors to all all go. Oh. Except for Thomas, who went. I'm thinking about getting married right now.
0: I think actually it's time. It's right probably now. time I think, that yes, I get exactly. and
2: I will get married. <laughs> just getting more south african. Yeah. Um
0: Tash mentions trust, loyalty and honesty as the foundations of a true relationship, which of course makes several other women scowl and balk at her hypocrisy.
2: Oh my, it's so funny. There is some incredible face acting here. It's this is the pinnacle of the episode for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because we see um, Jasmine, mm-hmm. Crystal, see also. Crystal. There's a woman called Emma. Who yeah. We have not really talked about. She's the woman who received a mansplanation of what a paradiddle is. Oh. But she has mostly appeared on this show just to do the biggest colon capital O shocked face you've <laughs> ever seen in <laughs> your life. <laughs> and I was keeping an eye on her. Mm. She she appears to just kind of stand there doing the face like throughout a lot of the rose ceremony like whenever you cut to the, a wide shot or whatever she's yeah, still she's just, just going in like oh. permanent shock face yeah, yeah yeah which is great you yeah know? and and if you um from a strategic point of view if you feel like you're not getting a lot of camera time and you're not given an opportunity to give do many face. of these other things just give great face you might get turned into a gif you might change the world mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> change the world i'm using liberally but sure but think about what happened to corn boy <laughs> corn boy is your example he did
0: love corn. He loved corn so much, right? Yeah, changed the world. Well, I think about there are people from Bachelor that aired like ten years ago that you mm. still see popping up in gifts because of the face they made one time. Certainly, Michael
2: Jordan crying, Alonzo Mourning. There's a lot of great ones. Yes,
0: some of my favorite people from the Bachelor. Yeah, um, the like guys who are carrying the um, the pole bearers who are like start dancing or whatever. Yep,
2: that's that's a really really good Let's one. Just describe. girl was the Bachelorette.
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: that was great. That was good. Uh We love Bethany Brownwing or whatever her name is. Bronski, Broski. Got it. Brielle, by the way, pass me the Broski, my dude. Uh ninety-nine cat less than a piece of cheese, I tell you. We have
0: here some delicious, refreshing beverages handcrafted by one of our favourite ex-Bachelor stars who we won't name until they reply to our DM no, that we sent come them. On. We tagged them and they did not get back to us. No He's big deal. I wish I could tell you what the name of this refreshing, low-calorie, beautifully designed beer that is directly linked to a television show I like.
2: Yes You know And it's like It's a real shame That The giant taco From the masked singers (laughs) Beer Do we know who
0: played The giant taco Uh,
2: Probably it was Ben Who can say Ben who Lee Oh Was it I don't know He was on it No wasn't he a prawn Nah That was someone someone else Yeah Forget who was the the prawn mm-hmm. was the um no that was a, a separate episode of Drag Race we've really gone down a I remember that
0: that though that was funny yeah because wasn't that queen from balina
2: I could be wrong no I'm the queen of balina <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry you're on it your honour
0: your, your, Honor, your highness
2: my anus your, your anus
0: <laughs> <laughs> round the corner fudge is my <laughs> So the Rose Ceremony continues spinning off its axis. Osher eggs Is on Tash. Beyblades.
2: What's going on here?
0: <laughs> I wish. They should have to resolve all their interpersonal conflicts in the Beyblade battle arena. I think that's the way to do it. Let
2: it rip. Green circle, white dragon.
0: <laughs> sure. Uh, Tash says, I don't feel like others have the same values as me. And then Osher uh, points the attention to Jess, who says to Tash, I value the fact that you are being honest with yourself. That's yeah. so fine. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that with me, particularly in this group environment. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I've been true to myself and I've just got to keep going with that.
2: So good. Pretty reasonable. <laughs> so good.
0: Asha highlights that this might be the first time that many people are hearing about polyamory and asks at what point Jess would normally disclose this to somebody that she's interested in, mm. um, which is a fair question. And she says pretty justifiably, in my opinion, that there is a right time and it's not really in a big group setting like this. And she would have liked to do it on a single date. Right. To me, that's very reasonable.
2: Absolutely. It's hard. Huh. Particularly because you're on fucking TV and this is difficult. <laughs> yeah, anyway, exactly. Anyway, uh, poor Jess. She didn't know that the power was going to be taken oh from her, but yeah. uh, sweet angel. Don't, if you are, Hello. If you were about to walk onto The Bachelor, if ever this show gets made again, yep. and you're the first of some particular thing that right. could be taken as taboo, yeah. here's my advice to you. Don't. Yeah. Also. It sucks because you want the show to be able to break down.
0: Ba- well, you want the boundaries of the show to
2: be broken, right? Keep it hidden and then drop it like a a, a hammer on The Bachelor yeah. and say, here's the deal. This is Listen why up, you I... sick Fuck. <laughs>
0: This is why my suspicion is that it's a producer thing Because I don't actually believe that anyone would Just start telling a bunch of people Before they had a chance to talk to the Batchy about it mm. And it makes so much more sense for me anyway That producers who clearly would have known about this Would have mm. dripped it out I just feel like that's
2: I think Tash's MO is she's just going to spill the beans
0: Right, but I think somebody told Tash
2: I th- uh, Okay, fair enough because they were like, oh, we've seen the first
0: two episodes happen. Tash is going to be the one to do this. It's going to be great. We're going to get a lot of drama. Everybody's going to be talking about the show a this season.
2: Look, it's a hard to deny thought. Yeah, obviously
0: we don't know. And I'd like to actually know because it's not, I don't love just baselessly speculating. Yeah, look, if there's anyone out there who every wants to entertain episode.
2: our baseless speculation uh, and in fact condition it with facts. <laughs> yeah. That's what we would like. We're the shampoo here for your ears, but someone's got to come through with the conditioner. Um,
0: Jess says, it's hard. Like, do you tell someone the first time you meet them or do you wait until you form a little bit of connection and they know a bit about you first instead of perhaps judging that part of you? And it's a good question. And I think I I do wonder if this would have actually helped with Felix because he seems to have pretty close-mindedly jumped to the worst conclusion regardless. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's a fair question. Mm. I think there are, there are multiple schools of thought about when to drop this information. I think it's probably different for different people and different relationships. Yes. However, I don't think that anyone would argue that Tash was in the right by making the choice for her.
2: No. Right. Like she. Tash takes the power away. That's. Exactly. No, 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 no.
0: Yeah. Like maybe it's better for Jess to tell him earlier. Maybe it's. But what opportunities has she had? Well that's true too, because they truly have spent almost no time together. This it's, is episode three, episode and the three. first
2: episode was a speed date. Right. The second episode pretty much was one cocktail party. And like, then a second day when to, he like when sucked they were on dancing face of together yeah.
0: in the under the roller doors. Yeah. Was she meant to be like, This is just how my current boyfriend holds me when we dance? Right, or exactly. Like, yeah, you know this what I mean? Is, like yeah, this is the polyamory chart <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. This is a song this is called "The Dance of My People." My two boyfies Sorry, <laughs> I'm dance to. Uh, Osha, seeing Jasmine's reactions we mentioned before um, gives her the conch shell, and she says, "I think at the end of the day, it was Jess's business, and it was really awful of Tash to go out of her way to tell Jed." Correct. I agree. Don't say it. And from here, it really collapses. Tash maintains, "Quote: Those are my beliefs. She's got her beliefs." I'm an old school romantic and I've got one boyfriend instead of two or three. This is
2: very distressing. This is, this is regretful word choice yeah. at its kindest. Yeah. And you know? I think
0: she's just, she's, she's saying it quite loud. Like she's just saying like, Dog. yeah, I'm a conservative basically. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Um, Crystal says, I'm sick of these two Marjorie adds At the end of the day, we're talking about women empowerment. And you went to Jess yesterday and said that she, referring to Crystal, should rip her extensions out. So is that women empowerment? Crystal tries to defend herself. Marjorie and Tash continue to escalate. This is yucky. It's a huge to do with some very bad audio mixing. Little oh, bit, I agree. A little bit hard to follow. Um, they have to subtitle a lot of it, and you can well, hear you like you can hear that
2: it's cut together,
0: right? And you can hear the parts that they've like ducked. Background audio that's clearly louder, and you know, yeah, anyway, um, no one cares. <laughs> Everyone, they're trying their best to of, yeah.
2: make this coherent. Sure, because uh, it is
0: like 30,000 people all talking at once. Yeah,
2: exactly. How do you, what's the sound of 30 heads screaming or something? Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: And I don't envy the um, loggers, you know, the people who yeah. have to sit there and like transcribe all of the things that everybody says into their particular microphones and they can then figure out which shots to collate back in together and which audio to use and all that kind of stuff. Bring that
2: in. And to our friends also who uh, might be listening, who may be hard of hearing or or whatever, like, you know, or maybe, you know, people like that, this is a fundamentally different narrative than the one that, that you and I are experiencing and, and cutting in our own minds because you hear the edits so clearly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um.
0: Osha gently intervenes, saying, Ladies, ladies, at a volume which is audible, but not an actual attempt to stop the argument from happening. No, this is. May we have some decorum? If anything, I feel like this is actually him escalating it. It's
2: it's like he's funny. playing
0: the role of somebody who is not. who wants it to stop, but in a way that makes it clear that he, in fact. You know, it's for the benefit of everyone that this keeps going for a while. My friend
2: Carl broke up a fight when we were eighteen hmm. by yelling Gentleman <laughs> But it really took like all of his all of his vocal significant vocal chops. Yeah.
0: Well it does I mean, if you actually want to cut through, you really have to be extremely loud, especially yeah. with this many people talking.
2: Because you were hurting cats. <laughs> right, exactly. Mr. Snuffleupagus. It was one of, one of the cats, I believe. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no. No, no. no. Um, he is acting his little
0: heart out. He says, uh, well, clearly there's a lot to talk about tonight
2: or whatever. He's like, trying his absolute best to say, keep going. But yeah. also we have to keep this constrained. I the tightrope this, so this man is walking. Yeah. Mm.
0: Him playing the role. You know, yeah, of like uh, someone who is trying to wrangle this but failing or whatever. Don't but do, yeah. yeah. Um, it's uh, it's very clear that this dispute is exactly what the producers want, right. which is drama at all costs. Uh, but to me, I feel like it leans on the most tired tropes of reality TV where women are portrayed as opinionated, gossipy, and bitchy. Yeah. In a way that, at least for me, is just not very fun to watch.
2: It's so, it's so not fun to watch. My mom, I was watching this episode with my mom in Balana. Yeah. She kept going, boring. <laughs> <laughs> boring. Yeah, really yeah. good. And th- my dad was getting into it at this point, and I was like, yeah. this. I this lo- says a lot about who I am. You watch much
0: of this show with your family.
2: I've watched the, all three of these episodes with my mom and but my dad. But I mean, dad. in the past, no, never an episode. Yeah.
0: So that's kind of a, it's kind of a fascinating lens to have viewed these through. Yeah. 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 Um, I watched them with somebody who's been staying over uh-huh. in my housemate's room, who yeah. is a first-time bachelor watcher. Oh, hello. And I had to explain, like, well, it's not always like this, but it's always a bit like it's this. It's always kind of but like this. This is stronger this is more pungent yeah <laughs>
2: you know yeah absolutely and
0: they don't normally have three guys but like you know it's a lot of like a lot of that
2: but. yeah um, we're not quite Bombay Bicycle Club we're like Bombay <laughs> Unicycle Club on the way that on the way there you know right, right
0: as for the actual roses no shit they send home three people you've basically never heard of and all the people involved in this storyline live to ruin another night of television Jed picks Alicia Thomas picks Lou Felix picks Crystal Jed picks the other Jess Maps Jess, Dark Jess. Okay.
2: Dark Jess. Well, you know, parallel Dark right. Jess. Yeah, okay.
0: Bizarro Jess. Right. <laughs> um, Thomas picks Lauren. Felix picks Tilly. Jed picks Courtney. Thomas picks Janae. Felix picks Ebony. Jed picks Bella. Thomas picks CJ. And Felix picks Jess. So it's farewell to Abby, Emma, and Aylin. Who receive brief hugs, but no FaceTime or voiceover because their stories do not matter.
2: I don't and can't recall any of them. Do you have Instagram information for me about these women? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So just briefly, let's chat about them because the show did not bother. Abby Miller, I learned... Has a second name. (laughs) Has a second name. I also learned she is also 21. So, I missed this the first time, but there is a chance that she's the youngest person to ever appear on the show, actually. She's the third of our 21-year-olds on this season. Um, Even her, like, 10-play interview didn't give any information to work with, really. She's outdoorsy. She likes sports. Okay. Um, It's it's also wild to think that she did such a thorough scrub of her Instagram that she now has only 14 posts there, five of which were posted by The Bachelor staff. Right. And none of which... This feels mean, but none of which show any conceivable character traits, as far as I'm aware. Anyway, when I first recorded these Instagram stats on January 5th, Abby had 6,624 followers. And now that her time on the show is up, she's sitting at 6,721. So that is a total gain of 97. Worth it. Emma Lewis, the 25-year-old from Melbourne with the great big surprised faces. Oh, yeah who got mansplained about paradiddles. paradiddles. I can't believe that's all I know about thinking her.
2: thinking about this on the same week that George Pell died, you know. Oh,
0: no. Oh, no. But, I mean, yeah, fuck, yeah. Mm. Rotten hell, you piece of shit. Uh, not rotting in hell, and not a piece of shit, as far as I can tell, is Emma Lewis from Melbourne. Entered with 2,600 followers and has worked her way all the way up to 2,668. A total yeah. gain of just 68 worth us. it. It is staggering that these women have not been able to not been allowed to touch their social media for almost a year, right, since and this they was will filmed. not
2: be able to touch it again for another couple of weeks uh-huh. And this is the reward lapses. that they're getting for Yikes. all of that, you know.
0: Uh, finally, it's farewell to Aylin Sakasi, I'm guessing, or maybe Sakachi.
2: I don't, don't know who this woman is.
0: This is a 25-year-old woman from Queensland who I have not had the occasion to mention even once on the podcast no. so far. She has not come up. I learned from her 10th play interview that she is, or at least speaks, Turkish. Okay. Um, and it's unfortunate to see... Another one of the women from a not entirely white Australian background being sent home without so much as a minute of camera time. Mm,
2: that is very frustrating.
0: Ailen entered with 1,097 followers and is leaving with 1,151. A gain of just 54. Thank Fucking hell. You
2: for doing it for us, Ayla. Aylin. <laughs>
0: We've said it before, but the Instagram minders thing, the fact that they're not allowed to touch it for so long, just means that nobody is fucking following these people anymore. Right. Like, it just doesn't have the effect that it used to have. Mm. It used to be that even if you didn't place very high in this show, you could at least count on a little bit of traction on social media. Someone is
2: going to pay attention to you. But ever since they've swapped to the minders format... Unless you're in the final three or whatever. Died in the
0: butt. That's that's it, you know? Yeah. So anyway, more Instagram chat soon, but that is not the end of this episode. Yeah,
2: this was the most confusing bit for me because there's like still at least like in 10, viewing time. maybe 15 minutes. 15, 20 yeah. minutes, I reckon, still to go. And I'm thinking, what could possibly happen next? Well,
0: I'm sorry to tell you there is a whole other extremely exhausting storyline to kick off. Can't wait to talk about it. <sighs> mm. So after the rose ceremony, Tash grabs Jed to vent. In ITM, she says, I need my partner's support. Talk about overly attached. <laughs> It's funny. It is funny to hear her calling him her partner. Yeah.
2: Like, my boyfriend, my partner. No, okay. no, 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 no.
0: She tells him that the atmosphere in the house is like high school.
2: They're all such bitches.
0: Yeah. I hated being a bully She's in high school. She's got a bit of hate- Jamae. Oh. Let's not raise this gr- grim specter of Jamae on this podcast. Fair enough. I don't want to talk about fucking Chris Lilly. No,
2: I think that I I agree with you. I think that Summer Heights High is where Chris Lilly got as close as he could have to... Piercing the zeitgeist without doing anything super probo.
0: Yeah, you might be right. Although I haven't rewatched it since it aired. And so I don't want to say anything All <laughs> on right. the topic. I agree that he has certainly done some much more questionable yeah, things. Yeah, there you go. I can definitely say that. Uh, she clarifies that she doesn't want to leave the house, but she's having a hard time. And Jed reassures her that the connection between the two of them has got nothing to do with anybody else.
2: Great. This is very phony baloney. She is spinning him round her finger. Right.
0: Um, And of course, it plays out right in the open, right in front of Crystal and Jasmine. Yes. Who are spectating and they they commentate saying, now she's going to work her, you know, bitchy, bitchy, bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like nobody is coming off incredibly well in this episode. No one's coming really. off great. The thing is that... Obviously, there are there are people coming off worse than others. Yeah,
2: exactly. And this is what we're dealing with, is degrees of worse.
0: Yes. But what I was talking about up, up the start with the, the dynamics of the intimate strangers yeah. um, style is that everybody gets dragged into the muck, you know? We're
2: all competing against each other. Yeah. And in this case, Tash is doing the best job of competing, but it's presenting her as the worst person on the yeah, TV. Yeah,
0: yeah. So moments later, Crystal and Jasmine have joined the conversation with Jed and Tash for some reason. Krasman. Krasman have joined the conversation with Jash. <laughs> or Ted. Classic Krasman and Jash. Krasman and, t- uh, and long story short, after a mutual decision to move forward, bury the hatchet, bury the hatchet and agree to disagree. Tash grabs her sidekick Marjorie and, in front of everyone, vents to her about how she's being attacked by the other women. No. Crystal calls her out for, you know, immediately deciding to dig the hatchet back up Walk again. It right back. And thus, it's back on for young and old. We see ITMs where Tash says, quote, I think they're thirsty for some airtime and they know that I've been getting a lot of that. So anytime the camera's on me, they'll just be like, let's get our five minutes of fame she and stir knows. her up.
2: She knows that she's getting a lot of that. Yeah, it's so, it's
0: very fourth wall breaking.
2: It's so plain.
0: Yes. that no, This is no secret to anybody. Tash looks across the room and sees that Jed and Jasmine are still talking because she and Crystal
2: and... Jedsman.
0: B- they, b- wait. Yes. Jedsmen are still talking because... T- Tristel? <laughs> ta- Tastel? Krish? Krish! Because Krish walked away from them. So, like, duh, they're still talking. Obviously. Because you left. You left the conversation. This is your technique. Right. Um, You're a lever. But she says, I want to see what's going on over there. And then very abruptly blurts out... I didn't say anything about Jasmine's OnlyFans at all to Jed because that's not my place. That's not my business. Yikes! At like the top of her lungs in yeah. front of everybody. Yeah. Marnie, money, Marnie, money, money, money. This episode's long and we are going Marnie? crazy. Marnie calls her out, and Tash plays dumb, pretending to not know what Marnie's referring to. This is
2: the funny bit.
0: So, yeah. So, Marnie's like, you can't say what you've just said. That's super inappropriate. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And what I think is happening here is she is baiting Marnie into saying... Trying to say
2: the OnlyFans thing. OnlyFans on yeah. camera yeah.
0: so that they're in it together. It's a right. trap, right? Yeah. And it's a trap that Marnie does not fall into. Thankfully. Um, but, it's I mean, so let's talk about low. it. This is, this is properly fucked up. Yeah. Um. Regardless, let's even set aside the implications within The Bachelor and, yeah. and with her relationship with Jed. Uh-huh. Outing a sex worker is a massive invasion of privacy. A. It's genuinely an act of violence. Yes. The world is not an especially safe place for sex workers. Yes. Or at least less so than people who are under anonymity or whatever. Yeah. Um and it, it, it is a hundred percent up to Jasmine to determine who knows about this. Certainly. And I believe there's a reason she hasn't brought it up yet.
2: Yeah. Well, so the other thing about this is that, like, OnlyFans is also degrees of sex work. Don't you think? So what I mean is my understanding of that platform Mm. is that certainly you can post pictures of yourself that are uh, revealing or you might be doing uh, sexual activity, whatever, Mm -hmm. but also it's a way for you to build a community and reach people. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like,
0: Oh, that's true. In the sense that what what you're saying is, like... um, it, it implies a stronger... Like, when you say that someone has an OnlyFans, maybe your mind, depending on who you are, jumps to a certain thing that f- may not even be what she does.
2: Exactly, right? When you say, for example, Jess has a boyfriend. Yeah. When you say Jasmine has an OnlyFans. Right. I think that... It's an ungenerous...
0: Um, reading or interpretation of the situation. Right.
2: And it's not even like Jasmine has an OnlyFans, but she only posts this kind of content or whatever. Mm. It's and more... that's not to
0: say that certain types of content are more worthy of being, you know, discussed or whatever. Of course.
2: But... Yes. It's It's more, though, to say, like, this website... Mm is well, being we know weaponized people who for use, its connotation. We know
0: people who use OnlyFans for explicitly non-sexual content. 100%. Who use it to, like, promote music and stuff like that, right, you know? like, Right,
2: exactly. People who use this platform to, as I will say, whether it is music, whether whatever you're, you're creative, and you know what? Follow the BOH pod on OnlyFans. Not OnlyFans, no, uh, uh, To create community. And that is the bit where yeah. I think, like, I've been, I've been watching this afternoon uh, Real Housewives of Miami. Oh, sick. And... One of the housewives. I can't housewives. believe you had an appetite for more chaos, more reality TV chaos. So, one this. of the housewives is married to Scotty Pippen. Do you know who that is? Yeah, of course. Right, okay. Huge basketball player. Right, okay. So now Scotty and, and his wife got what divorced. What is Pikmin, by the way. Tasha. What is this, Scotty Pickman? Oh, what is this? Sp- <laughs> episode title Scotty <laughs> oh, Pickman I don't know. No, it's definitely Ooh, not. Okay. Um, okay, so he's. She started doing uh, OnlyFans. And it's like, I'm just building community through this. I'm just meeting people. This is how I'm going on dates. This is what's happening in my life now. Right.
0: Also, it's worth mentioning that this is just an incredibly common thing these days. totally especially during the pandemic where other lines of work were maybe not as available to lots of types of people yes but also just with the normalization of conversations around this type of thing yes that this is very widespread there are plenty of people from the bachelor and from married at first sight which is a world that she's very familiar with yeah and like from the real love boat australia certainly all sorts of people are getting on OnlyFans right now and it's great because it you know, we talked about this in fucking Abbey Chats on our Patreon feed. True, It is sort of a democratization on some level anyway. And obviously the platform is not without its own problems. Right. But it is allowing people to put sex work or, you know, whatever they choose to get the platform for into their own hands.
2: Absolutely. Right. It takes the power away from producers of, let's say, abject pornography. Sure. Which in its own, if you want to consider it. Uh, uh, Has its know. own
0: pluses and minuses and yada yada. yeah. yeah, yeah. Too big of a subject
2: for us to really get into but We Yeah, this is not the porn pod No um, It's the corn pod <laughs> Do you know who's good? Jonathan Davis mm,
0: yeah. I love porn It's a big lump <laughs> with knobs <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah uh yeah i mean look this is (laughs) it's wildly irresponsible it's anti-sex work and it belies what seems to be a really conservative worldview that tash has or at least maybe if i'm being charitable it's the character she's playing or whatever yeah i don't know but i don't think if you didn't really feel this i don't
2: think you would introduce this i agree yeah i think that the most charitable way to view it is that bringing this up is a choice that she knows will have negative connotations because, Mm. for Jasmine, Mm. because of the platform.
0: Yeah. And, you know, any publicity is good publicity for Tash and she wants people talking about her and here we are doing it. So, great. Uh, She piles it on in ITM. She says, what's her name? Yasmin? Jasmine? Mm. Again, doing that same shit. I don't really care about her, to be honest. I think she's very jealous and very intimidated about me, but then I don't blame her. Maybe she's not here for the right reasons. Maybe she's here to boost her OnlyFans up because she is probably her OnlyFan. to be honest. If you want to be an OnlyFans person and get your name out, then I don't know. Don't come in here and try and find love. Just profoundly upsetting shit on so many... Yeah, it's
2: so gross. I don't like it, any yeah. of it, to be honest. Whatever an
0: OnlyFans person is in her eyes, right? that's upsetting. To say that somebody who does that is not worthy Less of worthy. also finding love. Exactly. Stupid very distressing. Um, also, just the idea that she might have come in here to boost her OnlyFans up. I found her OnlyFans to be very hard to find. Oh this week. yeah. I did, did you find not it? manage to find no. it. No. Because everything that comes up when you search for it is shocked reactions from news outlets about this thing that Tash fucking did. Right. So Tash has managed to make even this about herself.
2: Dominate the news cycle. And so the other part of this then is that we should consider I don't know. Is the OnlyFans maybe offline? Well, Does that wouldn't exist, shock me. Right? I was also
0: looking around on TikTok because mm. I, I, we do the Instagram stats too. on this show. Yeah. And I was looking around on TikTok because I was like, we've kind of ignored this. I mean, yeah. it's something that I like to be aware of and discuss, but I don't track the stats for it. No. And I feel like I should because I was learning this week, looking at TikTok, that some of these people who have a lower follower number on Instagram have got heaps of followers on TikTok. Right. And maybe they're growing. But one thing I noticed is that all the TikToks are on private
2: right yes everyone's everyone's talk is private right
0: so tiktok's a private instagram's private presumably everything's locked down so maybe this only fans will become more visible and you know i hope that she is able to get something positive out of this and yeah. get a bunch of new subscribers and followers and stuff and like
2: it make it'd be money on her if that's her proclivity and her choice right sick.
0: and because like she didn't have a fucking choice in this happening so at least you would hope there'd be some like right. silver lining you know and the other
2: part of this is can you imagine one of the instagram minders being like up? Oh, Got to update Jasmine's OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, because isn't it? It's like monthly subscriptions, right? Right. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? If you are currently a member of <laughs> Jasmine's OnlyFans and would like to approach us, uh, you can remain anonymous and just let us know what's going on on there, or if you'd like to let us know what the username is or whatever. This part of the podcast is it going to stay in the cut? Who knows? Who can say. Tash says that Jasmine told her privately that she wanted to speak to Jed about her OnlyFans at some point. Do we believe that that's true? Why would? Why is everybody trusting Tash on the first two days?
2: I think everyone's trusting everyone too much on the first two days. Maybe that's my that's my thought on this.
0: Yeah, look, you're probably right. I'm probably going to regret my conspiracy leanings or whatever, but uh, I don't want to think about.
2: I think that, so you and I in particular are pilled on the idea that this show can and will exploit you in whatever way. Mm-hmm. These people are all extremely trusting. Yeah. That is what I think is at play here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I believe you. Marjorie breaks the news to Jasmine that Tash has spilled her secret. Jasmine begins to cry and we linger on her panicked response. In ITM, she says, it's so unbelievably disgusting to see someone act like that. And she tells the rapidly growing group of supporters gathering around her. Mm. She's the most hypocritical bleep, which I think is cunt, but I I can't say for sure. Um, I've ever met in my entire fucking life. And she can go drown in a sewer. How does someone like that even fucking exist? Did she really just walk out here trying to be the bigger person? And he was okay with her? He sat here and defended her? (sighs) is something wrong with him to defend someone like that is shocking is he the person i want to be with or is he just blind
2: jed is being manipulated on every side i think that he is just blind to be honest with you
0: i i agree i think he's being manipulated by producers to keep tash around
2: and i think he's also being extremely manipulated by tash yes absolutely
0: yes um so, yeah, this is fucked. It, what a fucked episode. I fucking hated it. I really didn't like this episode. It it made so me rough. upset. A um, couple of glimmers of light in there, but uh, that's basically where the episode wraps up. We get the next time. We're going to fucking wet and wild water. World. Yes. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Anyone die there? Uh, I'll look it up. Great. <laughs> um, the Tash storyline continues to boil over. Jasmine might switch to dating Felix, of all people. Um, Sure. But the important thing is that there will be four episodes.
2: Yeah, let's talk about how we're going to do this. Yeah,
0: so we've got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, if they continue to be this... uh, What's the word? Pungent? (laughs) It's going to be a a
2: a trial.
0: Yeah, it's going to be an exhausting week. So I think our plan... Is to try and do one episode on episodes four and five. That's right. And then another episode on episodes six and seven. Yes. Please bear with us if they... Well, you know what? Actually, you're welcome if they're a bit less detailed than this one. (laughs) Um, Or if they run a bit late or whatever. And we're trying to line up some guests for this season, but fuck, it is difficult. It is so
2: hard, but I'm really loving doing what we're doing at the moment. It has been so nice to do a one pod for each episode. Yes. Uh, We
0: will not get the uh, luxury of doing that again uh, in the uh, near conceivable future but uh, yes I agree it's been good and um, particularly with this episode although I do think if we paired this with another episode that I hated less I might have been in a more chipper mood it's generally true. Speaking, it's true uh, but anyway something that always makes me happy is looking
2: at my beautiful little grid oh yeah tell me about the numbs
0: right so let's talk about the winners num, and num, losers num, num,
2: on social media this week why do we call it the winners and losers on social media this week and not call it num 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 nums
0: num 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 nums is really good the num num numbers Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll do a theme song. Um, (laughs) Not uh, this season. (laughs) Uh, For the sake of clarity, this is data that I have gathered from the 5th of January to the 12th of January. Okay. So it will be slightly out of date by the time you hear this, but I just wanted to have a clean week. Um, And first, let's talk about our bachelors. In third place, Felix von Hoff gained 1,096 followers. Okay. With Thomas Malucelli in second with 1,416 new followers. Uh And then Jed McIntosh in first place with 2,878. All
2: right, Jed.
0: Yep, not too bad. Uh, But also who cares? But (laughs) I have been looking forward to talking to you and our listeners about these other gains all week. I am so excited. Yeah. So in third place. Yes. Thanks to her perfect angel edit. Her significance as the first contestant to appear on the show whilst being in an open polyamorous relationship. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And an episode centered around belittling her. It's Jessica Navin, or maybe Navin, who knows, uh, with Naveen? 949 new 949 followers. 949
2: is not enough followers to justify this. I agree, but Ugh.
0: she's still on the show. There's plenty of room to grow.
2: We love Jay Nav.
0: We love Jay Nav. Um,. I haven't really looked at their Instagram. Maybe it's really boring. I don't know. Uh, in second place, with a big leap of 3,727 new followers... This is pretty good. ...is Marjorie Griffiths.
2: Now, how is that possible?
0: So, Marjorie aligned herself with the main character of episode three and has evidently seen some of the benefit on her socials with uh-huh. a gigantic influx of new followers. Of course, in first place, is anybody surprised to see this season's villain... Natasha Tash Zwanetti, an expert player who soaked up dozens of minutes of camera time, monopolizing the show and the lion's share of followers this week with 11,318 new followers.
2: So it goes Tash with Mm 11,000, her sidekick, her minion Marjorie Marjorie, with three and a bit. Yeah. And then everyone else is under a thousand. That's right. That's fucked. So up.
0: that's a fucking lot of followers, right? For uh, Yike. for old cash. That's almost for perspective. That's almost four times as many followers as Jed, the most follow. You know, more mm, fo- most new what followers. What was cash starting with? Uh, let's see. Uh, so okay. Let me let me let me narrow the scope a little bit. Okay. Here, okay. So. I have actually been checking the follow follow accounts a little bit more often than once a week. Uh huh. Unfortunately, I wasn't super regular with it, but I've been trying to keep on top of it. Um, much more so than anybody else. Um, and I can confirm that between eleven forty-five p.m. on the 9th of January, uh-huh. so a few hours after the premiere aired, yes, when I should have been going to sleep, sure. Between that time and 4.30pm on the 12th of January. Okay, a day, so we're looking
2: at two and a half days. Yeah,
0: a day after the third episode aired. Within that span, Tash gained 9,150 followers what? within the space of less than three days. Ah. Incidentally, Marjorie's follower growth was also mostly within that time span with 4123 new followers happening between those same times
2: wait marjorie have 4123 but she only gained 3300 and something wait hang on let me double check
0: i might have done the maths wrong <laughs> max i checked my my numbers and they are correct because she then lost some of the new followers what? that she gained like a thousand of them? Roughly, yeah. That's
2: wild. Okay, so, what's happening here?
0: I am not even suggesting this. I am certain. I went and checked out some of Tash's
2: followers. Oh my God. Has she bought followers?
0: These are the most obvious dummy accounts I have ever seen in my life. That's
2: fucking Tash
0: wild. is followed by hundreds and hundreds of Instagram accounts with between two and four followers.
1: Oh my God
0: with like a random assortment of pictures that they've clearly just scooped from elsewhere this is on Instagram. Up. Tash is buying Instagram followers and we have the scoop about it. Nobody else knows about it and it's so fucking funny to me. That is
2: incredible.
0: Because I don't know, is it is it some insecurity about the way she's coming off on this? Is it, you know, we we can't really read into it, but it's so fucking funny. I can't wait to see if she does
2: it again, which we okay. can't rule out. It was so so here's what happened, right? Tash has allegedly come into a number of followers, like 10,000 roughly. A big, big number, yeah. New followers mm-hmm. who, many of whom, have between two and four followers on Instagram. That's right, exactly. Listeners, we're not saying, <laughs> but we're saying.
0: It sounds like I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Max maybe isn't saying.
2: Christ. Pretty interesting, right? That is so unfortunate for her. Yeah. Do, yeah. You, do you think that she just didn't think that anyone would notice? Well... What?
0: <laughs> we have two possibilities here Either the fuck? Here are the two possibilities Let me present them to you One okay, okay. She thought nobody would notice Yes And she thought she could get away with it uh-huh. Which like People do it all the time Yep Not a huge deal Sure The other possibility Is She knows That we here on the Bachelor of Arts podcast Are keeping track And she wants Me to highlight her square she In wants my to Excel be in sheet in the number
2: one spot
0: With That's the gold colour up.
2: <laughs> for this week isn't that so funny let's just have to like we'll keep track on this yeah yeah of course oh so you don't have to tell me twice to keep track of the instagram no, followers see. my friend
0: uh so that is
2: oh that pretty is funny. phenomenal
0: yeah and with that that's all i got oh that is so
2: <laughs> so delicious what a roller coaster Why of would an you episode. Roll, you take your words mm-hmm. and put them back in your mouth for mm-hmm. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nom, nom, nom. Jesus
0: the nom, nom Christ. numbers.
2: Do you know what? We we ended on a high. Somehow you know what? This is the best podcast that's ever been released. <laughs> this is the best podcast that we've ever done. Yeah. There is Schadenfreude, Up and Out the Wazoo. Uh huh. Oh, this is so good. This the is... villain of the season is buying her own Instagram followers, allegedly. Allegedly. Hypothetically. So, so could someone be doing it on their behalf? Maybe. Maybe. Well, here's the thing. We don't know. I don't know if you
0: can do that if you don't have access to your account.
2: Like, I don't know how it works. Oh, my God. Is there a social producer? Do- oh, Conspiracy Corner. Let's not go there. Let's <laughs> let's step right out of there.
0: Listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, you can find us on social media at yes. BOHpod. Yes. We would love for you to follow along. We are... Uh trapped in a prison of live tweets. <laughs> <laughs> As Twitter slowly uh the embers begin to fade. Um we are there every fucking time they put this show on the television.
2: Every mini of every day.
0: Every mini the cat of every day. What's up, Minnie? We love Minnie. Um huge shout out to Minnie. A good friend
2: <laughs> and of the uh, podcat.
0: Of the podcast. Yeah. Of the podcat cat. Um, please find us on social media. You can also find us on Instagram. Uh, we're going to, we, we never know what to do with anything. We're on fucking just TikTok trying
2: our now. best out here.
0: You can also find us on Facebook. A lot of people have been joining us in the bachelor of hearts, Osh posting group. Yeah, what's over up? The last Thank you. And
2: welcome week. to all of our new friends in the BOH Osh posting. Group. Shouts out. This is another reason that I feel
0: really hopeful about this season is people are engaged. People are like oh, excited definitely. and watching.
2: And um, is it because we've cornered the market? Who can say,
0: is it because every other bachelor podcaster has quit with their tail between their legs? Ah,
2: Idiots. Who could say,
0: uh, we're so grateful that you guys are following along with us. We hope you're enjoying the pod. We hope you're enjoying the TV show. Um, if you want to get some bonus content, if you bonus uh, content, if you are somehow not getting enough of the many episodes we're releasing. Uh, at the moment, you have some spare time between 90-minute TV episodes Christ. on your screen every single night. As we all do. Head on down to patreon.com bohpod where you can find
2: bonus episodes. Yeah, so many of them, in fact.
0: We have a big backlog. We will be back on there after this season wraps up, which yeah. I'm assuming will be weirdly Jeez, soon. January.
2: Weirdly, but um, that's
0: fine. We've had to put it on hold for this month because of all this. Goodness but, gracious. Um, yeah, strongly recommend um, whole seasons of content in uh, in the back cat. Um, meow. <laughs> what did you say the name of the cat from Cats was? Mr.
2: Um, Murgatroyd? No, yeah, it Mr. was Murgatroyd. Yeah. yeah, Mr. Murgatroyd is exactly what I mm-hmm. said. We love, and shout <laughs> out to Mr. Murgatroyd.
0: Absolutely, yeah, wherever they may be. Uh, listeners, I don't have anything else. Max, you got anything else?
2: Nah, I got nothing. Listeners, what fun here's we, what i got to say
0: We to uh, We asked our listeners for feedback that we would discuss oh, on the fuck. podcast. Oh. We don't have time. This episode is too long. All of this insight has been really interesting and important and has informed the way that we have thought and spoken about the, poc- uh, the, oh, the TV show Oh, no, this we're going
2: to have to talk about this on a separate <laughs> episode. <laughs> when
0: will be a good time? We I don't love know. you, listeners. Listeners, we love you. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry for everything. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Watched before me, searching for a sign To lead me to the end of the rose I know we found love Following my heart so blindly Hoping that this path will lead me to the end of the rose oh oh, oh, oh <laughs> End of the rose oh oh, oh <laughs> All my life, I've waited for years Hearing your voice, music to my ears the first moment you entered my life just one hope